The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, happy Easter out there to all of you. Easter Sunday tomorrow. It's been a fantastic week. We had the opening day of baseball, which Chris X and I are big baseball fans. Good Friday yesterday, Easter tomorrow, and all kinds of conservative-type news. Oh, my God. It's just been an unbelievable week. I mean, we started with the premiere of Roseanne to the tune of $18 That now seems to be twenty-two. We've got David Hogg, the Parkland survivor, crisis actor. Maybe he was there, maybe he wasn't. He's going after the NRA. He's going after Laura Ingram. He's going after John McCain. Uh, Susan Rice is going to be put on the board of Netflix. That's kind of interesting. We found out that all these groups fueling this advertising boycott on Laura Ingram or Soros-funded. Imagine that, Chris. Donations to the NRA tripled. We've got a DOJ Inspector General Review, IG report, and we've got illegal immigration and a census where we can't ask about citizenship. Sounds like a full three hours on a Saturday, doesn't it? It sounds like about nine hours if we really wanted to, but you know what? We're only given three. We're, we're going to discuss what we can in the time allotted. Well, welcome to the Conservative Cartel. This Saturday morning as we are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Network alongside of Chris X. I am Matt Locke. You want to be part of the program, 888 But before we get too far, Producer Ron, what do we got on tap this hour? This hour of the Conservative Cartel is brought to you by Ride On, the Conservative Party Game. Are you tired of political correctness and liberalism run amok? Play right on and put the laugh on the left where it belongs. Mock the progressive left and their fake news media counterparts in a variety of categories such as race hustle, wussification of America, earth snobs, Islamobomination, Christian assault, campus coddling, feminism folly, rainbow games, and many others. Right On is a party game created by conservatives for conservatives because mocking the left feels so right. Go to rightongame.com or find it on Amazon. Trigger warning, microaggressions contained in this box. If you're a millennial snowflake, you will be offended by its contents. Retreating to your safe space is highly recommended. Yes, it is. <laughs> and by the way, while we're doing this, go to theconservativecartel.com and you can be signed up for the cart, be a cartel VIP, which will get you signed up for all of our latest giveaways. I'm holding up the right on because we have a right on game. Right on, a conservative party game because mocking the left feels so right. Feels so right. We got a right on T-shirt there. We've got a nine-line apparel baseball cap, and of course, a black rifle coffee mug that you see me. Uh, it's not the same one as I have every morning, but a nice black rifle coffee mug. So you're going to give that away. It's up on the screen right now. We're giving that away. We are drawing that, Chris, on Friday. Yeah, that's a very cool giveaway we're doing on April 6th. Remember to go by the website, theconservativecartel.com. If you want to see what it looks like, by the way, uh, you, get, you register to be a VIP member, and then you'll get all the information. You're registered for our newsletter and everything else, but also you register to win this and future giveaways. This isn't that's the only right. thing we're going to be giving away. And once you are a VIP, you'll be in every drawing thereafter. And we're going to give yeah. other stuff away. We, we have great, great advertisers who do not boycott 
who do not leave us because you know what? They believe in conservatism and they think the left is a, a mental disorder just like we do. That's why they give us their money. Just It's a crazy thing, but they like what we say and do and they're not going anywhere. But look, you know, Chris, we, we've got some things to talk about today. Let's jump right into this thing because we had the reboot of the old sitcom Roseanne. Yeah, they they and this isn't the first one they've done this with. There there was another one. Uh, what was it? The Will and Grace Will and from Grace. the '90s rebooted or whenever it was on, and then Roseanne, which was 20 years ago when it ended. They've rebooted Roseanne, and there's a there's an ardent Trump supporter on that program. Huh. So uh, therefore, the country's going to hate it. No one's going to watch it because if you watch lamestream media, well, that's what they tell you, right? right. So, so no one's going to watch it. No, no one, one saw this. No, that no one believes that, Chris. No, absolutely not. So of course. Of course, it shows up and it almost doubled the, the premiere of the Will and Grace reboot. Almost Had, doubled. Uh, the, the original numbers were 18.5 million tuned in. Yeah. Turns out it was a little more than that even tuned in to watch it. Uh, yeah, almost 22 million. 21.9 million tuned in after they figured in all of the went back and watched DVR stuff higher than originally thought. So uh, Roseanne Barr came out and said, hey, just got the new figures. Show did even better. When they counted DVRs, higher than originally thought, thank you, America, enjoyed the jokes and laugh a lot. Yeah, and it w I did watch it. I did watch it when it came on that first night, but I watched it, was it the next night on whatever the uh, the, the cable thing is? Uh, it was very, the, the interesting thing, have you got a chance to watch it yet, Matt, or no? I've only watched some of the clips. I've been, you know, I don't watch a lot of TV. Yeah, so so I, I haven't right. seen it, but you watched it, what, on Video On Demand or whatever yeah, it was yeah. on the cable system. But I, did, I haven't, but I've seen several of the clips of them going back and forth. I've heard it on several talk shows, so I've heard the gist of what was covered because it's only a 30-minute sitcom. Well, it is, but they showed two of them back to back, oh, so it, it was an hour. Gotcha. Um, and and that being said, it was you know they they addressed the basic gist of it for those who it's very similar to how it was before. In fact, there's two series that have been rebooted that literally put me because I watched uh, the well, you know you've, anybody who watches the show knows I'm a fan of the X Files. Yeah. They rebooted the X Files. Uh, last season was a little different, but I, I got to see a couple of episodes of this season because I don't watch as much TV either. And immediately on those episodes, I saw this season made me feel like I was watching the original program. Oh, it that's put good. me in that same place. Yeah. Roseanne did the exact same thing. It was an updated version of that show. Middle class American family with their struggles trying to make it just like millions and millions of families across the country. Right. And then they threw in the part about you know Roseanne and her sister that uh, they hadn't spoken since the election because she was an ardent Hillary supporter. And whereas Roseanne... Well, wasn't the sister wearing a, a woman's part hat? She was in wearing the, yeah. the, the cat hat, if you will, yeah. and uh, she was also wearing a nasty woman T-shirt. Oh, okay. And the daughter had and, and another interesting element. How, how how many times is this replicated across the country? The daughter, which I can't remember any of their names uh, other than Roseanne and Dan, the husband and wife. Yeah, it's like a, it's one of the Becky. Gilberts. Darlene and Becky. Man, Darlene and Becky. Look at producer Ron. Sexual chocolate. Sexual chocolate <laughs> coming <laughs> through. Well, um, uh, one of the daughters had moved back in. She had been married, got divorced, had two kids, and now has moved back in with Roseanne and, and Dan yep. uh, and with the two kids. How many times has that been replicated throughout the country? Uh, That's a lot. It. So that kind of stuff. But the funny part was they, you know, uh, Roseanne and her sister sniped at each other about Trump and Hillary a few times, but it wasn't the whole show. Yeah, it wasn't over the top, I heard. I mean, no. you know, that's the thing, Chris. You can have a debate in this country, and we talked about this on our weekday show. This is families all across the country. 
Yeah. I have people in my family who are not conservative. I do. Yeah. And it's part of life. And a lot of you guys do out there. But we've lost the ability in this country to constructively debate. Yeah, that's one of the things they touched on when they were back and forth. She hadn't been over. Funny part, Roseanne, you know, Roseanne's sister used to be a police officer. So she put a picture of her sister in uniform up on the shelf with the stripe across it as though she was dead. (laughs) Which is, and the daughter was like, why did you do that? You haven't even touched. She goes, well, she's dead to me. You know, that that kind of stuff. Well, and it gets, it's, the funny thing was when I watch television series now, there's 15 one-liners and maybe one of them is funny. Right. Uh, In this show, that it's full of one-liners roseanne exactly how she was before she's a comedian for those who don't know right and she has one-liners throughout the whole show and so does the father and the daughters and the kid through the whole and they're all pretty funny it was it was done very well and i realized why people watched it and people will tune in and watch it again it was actually well, it had that old feeling speaking of which they renewed it already for season two yeah after one night of the two 30-minute segments sitcoms back to back they renewed it for a second season and it's we're watching chris as Middle America is out there. The consumers are out there. The pro-American people are out there. There's a lot of middle America who has been so underrepresented by the left. The the left stays on the coast. They they pander to the elite, and then they pander to their labeled groups of Hispanics, African Americans, and now illegal aliens. This program, once again, they're not Republicans. No. The, neither is Roseanne in real life. No. Or she's not a Republican, but they're blue dog Democrats who yeah. voted for Donald Trump because America has left them behind yep. for one, either minorities, two, illegal immigrants, three, you name it. All of these things, we, we don't care. As Hillary said, we're going to put you out of work. These people that work in factories, that kind of stuff. And that's exactly the audience in which they, they I, I think they're going to be attuned to because they, they're blue dog Democrats. Yeah. These people are not Republicans, but they voted for Trump, and they'll probably vote for him again, which is why so many people tuned in and enjoy the show, which is just what it was before, basically. And Democrats used to have brains. I mean, we used to have Democrats in this country who actually— Hard to believe, I know. Who who loved the country, (laughs) who were union workers, who enjoyed what happened, who enjoyed the jobs, who actually voted on issues. What a concept. We don't have that anymore. It's unbelievable. It's first segment. We're already at the end of it. So, look, stick around. In hour two, by the way— We've got author Jack Carr. we got Terminal List back there on the shelf behind me. We're going to talk about his new book. Lots of things coming up. Don't go anywhere. The conservative cartel is just getting started. Chris X, Matt Locke, we'll be right back. The conservative cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Now, here's Matt Block and Chris Axe. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel on your pre-Easter edition uh, of the program. Uh, Easter is tomorrow. Happy Easter. Hope everyone's having a wonderful Easter weekend and relaxing, having a good time as we get rolling. I am Chris Axe, along with Matt Locke. We're here taking your calls on the uh, Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. If you want to join us, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. we got a lot to cover on today's program. We're just getting started. We were talking about Roseanne's new program, well, her 
old show that is back. Roseanne is back. I watched it. We were given some of the uh, the breakdown of the show and how many other people watched it, and it was a whole lot. It's already been renewed for a second season. We're going to get into another TV show as well when we get time. Um, Laura Ingraham has been coming under fire thanks to, well, the little 17-year-old David Hogg. Is he well, 17? That, that's what they're telling us. That's all we got to go by. He's 17. Yeah. He looks 17. He looks like a kid. Didn't the Beatles write a song? She was just seventeen, right? <laughs> I think they did. I, I, I believe. I mean, but it, it was about it a girl, right? Well, I, it, I saw I think, her standing there. Yeah, it was a girl, not a guy. I'm sorry. Okay. And then Tiffany redid that. I think at some point in the you 90s. Were, you were correct. No, the 90s, really, Matt. Was it, it the was, 90s or the 80s? It was the 80s. All right. I get. <laughs> I'm old. I get these confused. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. uh, but nonetheless, all right. So we were talking about um, Roseanne. I want to. We'll wrap up that and then get over to Laura Ingraham. Roseanne. Got a whole lot more viewers than even than anticipated from the first night off. The first night huh. they said 18.5 million. Now it's closer to 22 million total viewers. As Matt mentioned, already renewed for a second season. Uh, and and there, there was an interesting dynamic. What they did is they updated the series and put it in modern day context. Right. But it's still the same show, same people. You know what was really good? You know, I mentioned that Roseanne's a big Trump supporter. Her sister was a Hillary supporter. I don't want to. There's a there's a funny little joke in there, which they they had a bunch of jokes back and forth. Right. But there's a really funny one. Should I should I go ahead and say it and spoil it? What they actually covered on the show? You should. I mean, it's been out since Tuesday. Okay. Uh, when they they hadn't spoken since the election, which we know has happened to a few families, they're not speaking because of their political differences. Well, finally, the daughter, I guess Darlene, brought her back. Uh, the the sister J- Jackie is her name over back to Roseanne's. They argued back and forth, were sniping, and then they were talking. And at a certain point, they were they were both saying why they voted or they support the candidate right, they want. Right. And of course, Roseanne won't back off from her Trump support. And it, she says what a lot of people feel. And then finally, you know, her sister, Jackie's kind of a little crazy on the show. And Jackie was like, well, you're so stubborn and hard-headed that you even convinced me. So when I voted, I voted for Jill Stein. I saw that. <laughs> and isn't that funny? Because a lot of people voted for Jill Stein. If you really look at the numbers, she hurt Hillary more than Trump did. It's, and the funniest part is it the, the response from Roseanne goes, Who's Jill Stein? Exactly. <laughs> so it was, anyway, that was a funny part. But at that point, they get together. And then, of course, Jackie apologizes for not talking to Roseanne since the election. And then Rose, expecting Roseanne to apologize back. And Roseanne accepts her apology. <laughs> so, you know, and you know the funny thing, Chris, this has come along at just the right time. I was watching during break. I've got Fox News up on the, the monitor here in the studio. And yeah. Washington Post came out and did an article this morning that says that middle America is shockingly doing better than they expected where they voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be short-lived. See, this is the whole thing that the Roseanne has tapped into. They've tapped into the Trump voter. They've tapped into middle America. And not just Republicans. You talked about it. They've, they've, they've tapped into these blue dog Democrats who still love their country, yeah. who still work these steel, coal, these union-type jobs, who just want to raise their families. Yeah. who just want to be able to pay their bills, who just want to be able to live their life the way they see fit. 
Yeah, first of all, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what they did in the show. And they touch on things that are that are happening here in America yeah. while going back to the comedy. They still keep it fun, but they touched on uh, early in the show, Dan goes off and picks up their medications, and he's like, I'm back, I'm the candy man, which, by the way, John Goodman is great in the show, which, for those who like John Goodman. Here's the other thing. The rest of the show is basically apolitical. No one else even mentions their politics. Right, and they don't even mention, by the way, it's funny because they don't mention Hillary or Trump by name. No, they made sure they, they didn't use their names. And, and, and that's normal for Hollywood and whatnot. Yeah. But, you know, we're smart people. We're, we're, we're smart people it's, out here yeah. in America. The middle class of America is so underrepresented, and that's why Donald Trump won the presidency. Yeah. And, and once again, there's there's three or four things they touch on in this program. One, well, you know, Dan comes back with all their medications, and he's like, thanks to our new health care plan, we get half the medications for twice the price. <laughs> so he does that. And right. there was a part where Roseanne, uh, you know, like, where did you get that info from the fake news? So she throws in a thing on that. And then, of course, somebody was asking in the comments, there's the, would, would people say, is it a gender-fluid kid? Well, one of the grandson or the grandson on the show that's now living with Roseanne, he wants to wear girls clothes now uh, they never say whether the he's gay or straight right. they but and they're like and of course dan the the grandfather is you know he's like man he's gonna get beat up at school we better watch out this yep. is great my grandson wears dresses so they they touch on this and then but they they allow the kid to kind of because we see stuff like this happening the oh, yeah. gender fluidity yeah yep. well at one point roseanne goes to talk with the, the grandson she goes i have a talk with him so they sit down and she goes so, do you think you're a boy or a girl? And he's 10 years old, I guess, on the show. Right. A boy or a girl. And the kid goes, Grandma, I'm a boy. And she goes, okay, well, that was a lot easier than I thought. And she, <laughs> she goes, you know this is going to be difficult, you wearing these kind of clothes at school. And he goes, I know, but I want to do it. And she's like, okay, well, just as long as you know this. And at one point, there, there were, uh, Roseanne and them, they were all debating whether he was gay or not. And then the daughter on the show, who actually is gay. That's right. The Darlene. But on the show, I guess she's not. They say she says he's ten years old. He doesn't know whether he's gay or not. So they go with that route, right. which is kind of interesting. And then of course Roseanne are, and Dan are like, "Well, we got a daughter that's gay," and she goes, "I'm not gay." And the, so they they go back and forth. I, once again, I think this taps in with everything we're seeing in America, and it then does. they kept it all funny. And, and it so. does. And, and people want humor. And, and people want. I mean, we're getting to a point, Chris, where you know you and I dive into this political stuff all day, every day. Yeah. But middle America is getting to the point where it's been jammed down their throats. And yeah. with this whole David Hogg in this Laura Ingram deal, you know, this mm -hmm. young kid who unfortunately is caught in, he's caught in this horrible mass shooting in Parkland, you know, Florida at this uh, Marjorie Stone David or whatever it is, high school. I probably said it wrong because I don't have it in front of me. But, yeah. you know, everybody knows. I mean, this guy, well, supposedly. He was in a classroom with a teacher filming this, and then there's another story coming out on CBS that he had to grab his camera and ride his bike three miles to school. So we, we, we not, we're not sure which story it is, but we're watching this young man being completely manipulated by the left, and people are tired of the left. I mean, middle America is tired of the left trying to manipulate them. Well, they've they've dominated the narrative, and what happened is is you know you you look at Roseanne, you're seeing a slightly different narrative, and here the other thing is the show is about comedy, and that's what it is. Right. It's a comedy show based on Middle America, so I see why it's. I, I think it's going to resonate pretty well. And then we, you're right, you start talking about what's happening with David Hogg mm -hmm. and what happened with Laura Ingraham. She tweeted out, and I dis I disagree with her tweet because she well <clears throat> it, she it was did it on topic. her personal Twitter, Chris. Well, but still, if you if you're a talk show host or sure. whatever, if we do something on our personal account. 
account, it reflects on the country, the company in which hires us. It does. So, so that. But the point was, it was her personal Twitter page. Here's the the disagreement I have with Laura. There was no reason to attack this little clown because he wasn't getting accepted to colleges. Okay. No, I and, mean she called him a whiner. I mean it was pretty vanilla if you really was. think about it. But you're right. There was really no reason to come after this kid. He doesn't need any more press. And, and despite that, what happened was he went immediately. Basically, she said, yeah, why is he? He's awfully whiny about the colleges he's not getting into. Right. So he, of course, took offense, went on to Twitter and said, what about your advertisers? You know, hashtag boycott or whatever. And unfortunately, which whether Fox News made her do it or whatever, she went and apologized to this kid. That's the worst thing you can she do. She could to have the ever left. done. That's right. I mean, she already did one boo boo. I mean, yeah. putting the whiner out there. OK, you know, she's employed by Fox News. Fox News can tell her, look, Laura, you probably shouldn't have said that. It mm -hmm. reflects onto your show, like you said. Yeah. Please just apologize to this kid. Let's be done. And, of course, you can't apologize to the left, Chris. She didn't stick to the facts, and that was the problem. She right. or I'm sorry, she didn't stick to the topic. Right. She went off this. She should have stayed on what was going on. And then, instead of apologizing to the kid, she should have simply tweeted out the video with him dropping F-bombs at oh. everyone older than him, yep. all the parents, F-America. F I mean, this kid went through, and, and I'll, once again, and, and he tweeted out the funny thing. This is, this is the left, how they work for you. Uh, he, you know, he tweeted back when, and then he, of course, uh, hashtagged all their uh, sponsors, and now you've got them dropping from the show. Right. She apologized, tried to back away. Then he says, I don't accept your apology. I'm going after Fox News. Now he's going after John McCain. Yeah. But in his tweet, one of the responses, he says, you know, this is what the problem with you and your network. You're going through, and you're attacking children. Okay? He called himself a child. Well, is he a child? Well, here's my point. If he is 17 years old and he's still a kid, yeah. well, then he's being propped up as the left as some kind of authority on the Second Amendment now all of a sudden. So she should have stayed on point with that. And second of all, talk about vile language coming from the mouth of a child. They've got him on video dropping all those F-bombs, attacking everyone, our effing democracy and effing parents, and they can't send out an effing iMessage, and he does it one second. So they're going to fix it. So once again... When he's on television or on Twitter, he acts like an adult, right? And he's he's attacking and he's an authority. Anyone, anyone and everyone. He's attacking, right? But when someone says something back, now he's a child. So which one is it? Well, that's the way the left argues, Chris. I mean, they're going to play that up because it's exactly what they can do. You can't attack uh, You can't attack him as a child, but you need to listen to what he says. But here's the interesting mm -hmm. thing I found because you got media matters involved in this. We're going to talk about another story with uh, the the George Soros backed funded groups and all that stuff but yeah. you've got this angelo carosoni and he and he says you can expect more advertisers to leave too but the real question from a business perspective is why are they there in the first place fox news is a reckless propaganda machine it's bad for business this has been well established by now Fox News hasn't changed and has shown no signs of changing despite declining ad revenue due to these controversies. If I was running some of these big companies at issue right now, I would fire my media buyer for getting me into this Fox News mess in the first place. Now I want to say something here. CNN has no ratings, by the way. Fox <laughs> yeah. News is the juggernaut when it comes to news on TV. And if you're an advertiser, Fox News puts you in front of millions of eyeballs. Fox News is the juggernaut, baby. They are. They are. They're huge, especially compared to CNN, yeah. which is much smaller. And uh, and to go, like I said, I, I agree with what the guy said. What are these sponsors doing on Laurie Ingram's show anyway? If you're you're scared of that that method or yep. that I'm sorry that that uh, that idea, yep. Ali, your message, yeah. So why are they pulling out? Okay, 
Someone else will come back in. Tell you what, let's take a very short break. You're listening to The Conservative Cartel. You want to weigh in on this? We'd love to hear from you. I'm Chris X, along with Matt Locke. 888 is the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. We'll be right back. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X. Well, welcome back to the Conservative Cartel this Saturday morning before Easter. Alongside of Chris X, I am Matt Locke. We are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Network. If you want to be part of the program, the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open. 888-900-3393. But it is that time again, the Conservative Cartel. Honors our heroes every Saturday morning at the bottom of the hour. And this week, it's special agent Melissa Morrow, who died as a result of brain cancer that she developed following her assignment to the search and rescue efforts at the Pentagon following the 9-11 terrorist attacks. And imagine that. A lot of people are dying because of the chemicals that were in the air. She was assigned to the FBI Washington field offices evidence response team and spent 10 weeks recovering and processing evidence from the site and hazardous and contaminated conditions. She had served with the FBI for 22 years and was assigned to the Kansas City Field Office at the time of her passing. She is survived by her parents and her sister. Uh, They talk about the planes and what happened on 9-11. The fourth hijacked plane crashed into the Pentagon in Arlington, Virginia, killing almost 200 military and civilian personnel. No law enforcement officers were killed at the Pentagon. Now, the terrorist attack resulted in the, the declaration of war against the Taliban regime, the illegal rulers of Afghanistan, and the Al-Qaeda terrorist network, which also was based in Afghanistan. So the contamination in the air at the World Trade Center site caused many rescue personnel to become extremely ill and eventually led to the death of several rescue workers. So we honor today Melissa Morrow, age 48, 22 years on the job, badge number 1108, and it was related to the 9-11 contaminations in the air i mean we cannot say enough we are big backers here on the conservative cartel of our military our first responders our police officers our firefighters and of course our special agents so miss morrow thank you for what you've done and for this country we we cannot say thank you enough but uh chris we're talking about middle america we're talking about how the left is at war with the right's ideology, and, and we're seeing it firsthand with this whole David Hogg, Laura Ingram spat that, that we talked about yesterday on our weekday program. And by the way, if you want to go to theconservativecartel.com, you can find out where we're on Monday through Friday. But uh, now, David Hogg, this child, or I guess he's a leading expert on the Second Amendment, if you depending on what news station you listen to, He's now going after John McCain. And look, I'm no fan of John McCain. I mean, the guy is is a rhino. I mean, I appreciate his, his military service, but as a senator, he's been an absolute joke. And now he's got a very dis- disabilitating, debilitating 
awful cancer. He was he's trying to beat or 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 get medical help for. But uh, David Hogg came out and said, you know, why do you take so much money from the NRA, the National Rifle Association? Well, it's interesting, too, watching this kid. He, he got the apology. Once again, he went after the uh, – uh, I'll, I'll say this. Lauren Graham tweeted out something that I don't necessarily agree with about the kid. Nonetheless, I think it was off topic. She should have stayed on point and could have replied a different way. She didn't. She re- yeah. she, re- she well, apologized, which probably from pet pressure from Fox News. And, and you're right. And, Chris, I want to say something. I, I believed every word she said. I, I, I think he is a whiner. Uh, he is. Absolutely. He's a whiny little punk. And, and he's being propped up by the left. He is a mm-hmm. mouthpiece. Now, we can move on from that. Yeah, exactly. So, it's and, and once again, this isn't necessarily about personal opinion on how we feel about the kid, whatever. So, but she tweeted that out. Okay, she had the kid on her show at one point, uh, you know, after the... Uh, the shooting. So she was on. Of course, he went after her sponsors, which I understand that's monetary, uh, you know, uh, affects the, the, the network, Fox News. I'm sure they asked her to apologize. She did. And then what did he do? Just like a, a spoiled little punk, he didn't accept her apology. He t- proceeded to go after Fox News, and now he's going after John McCain. Yeah. Hence the reason why you don't apologize. And the other thing was he's using the, the child card. Once again, we've seen the race card played to the hilt. To the hilt. We saw it played to the hilt with Hillary Clinton with the um, the sexism card, yep. and then now you've got the child card. Once again, he himself tweeted out and uh, himself something about you're attacking children now. Yep. Wait a minute, are you a child or are you a person going on talking about our Second Amendment and you're trying to change this country? Okay, I'm fine with him having his opinion. He absolutely deserves it. But if you're going to stand up and you're going to say f America, f you, f everybody who disagrees with me, f you stupid adults who've effed up our Constitution, well now you're stepping up like a man you should be prepared for it she should have simply replied with that video of yep. him cursing and said yep. you know that's awfully foul language from a child well and here's the thing sheriff david clark went to twitter yesterday and said look you can never apologize to the left call them out for what it is and you just yeah. said it chris i mean they are the the leading cheerleaders of of label politics oh, it's yeah. sexist racist you can't go after a child, you, ethnicities, you know, they've used the Latino community. They use the African-American community. Now they're trying to use the illegal alien community. I mean, these people are rubbish. They're, they're in what their main and ultimate goal is, is to shut down the conservative party. And in particular, to shut down the NRA, who helps fund some of this stuff, not to the tune of like a Planned Parenthood. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is the ultimate goal of the left is, is to silence voices like yours and mine absolutely silence the opposition here's the other thing we've talked about this on the program david hogg he's a kid okay now he's spoiled he's probably i'm sure he's a perfect example of what his parents want him to be yep he's still a kid he's a 17 year old kid hell i think you're a kid if you're 28 years old now oh yeah uh so he's this kid but who's funding all of this who's because somebody has paid for them to go to dc paid for these microphones and these posters and these all what is go oh wait you got in a wonderful article here soros funded groups fueling the laura ingraham advertiser buyout oh so maybe this kid is simply a puppet of something far bigger what? and even more nefarious what i mean you think that was the thing they were talking i don't remember where i saw it they were talking about that march for our lives mm-hmm. it took five weeks to put that together and the media wanted you and i to believe that those kids did that yeah it was just those kids they just showed up with yeah. all of that it's not no, no that's not what's going on here it's not what's going on here You've got George Soros financed Media Matters for America Progressive Activist Group has been helping fuel this advertising boycott. 
and they helped also pay for this March for Our Lives. Yep. Um, once again, this was on Lori Ingram's Fox News show. So they're going after these advertisers. Once again, those who are, quote, progressive and tolerant are completely intolerant and regressive when it comes to having a difference of opinion. Right. If you do, they want to stop you at all costs and shut you down. And their target right now is Lori Ingraham. Well, and it's anybody on the right. I mean, she just happened to be the one to step up this week. But you see all this stuff. And, of course, I know you know who Michael Rappaport is, the actor. Oh, yeah, he's a clown. He, he's a clown. But yet he comes out with a video calling Laura Ingram every name in the book. I mean, every name. And you've got the left standing up cheering. And it's like, how are we supposed to take you seriously? How are we supposed to take you at your face value when every other word out of your mouth is MFR, she's a dog, she's a B-I, you know, she's this, she's that. You, I mean, these people are foul. They're foul. They don't have an argument. They're degrading. And when all else fails, what do they always fall back on? Name calling. <sighs> well, and that's a perfect example, and he's a great one. <clears throat> he's liberal. That's not his first time. No. He's done this. He goes on, he attacks Lori and calls her, uh, you effing pig. Yep. Um, and uh, he did this before where he goes on and, and, of course, is attacking a woman. He says, all right, you know what? I, I just want to let everyone know this is going to sound bad, but I don't have anything against women. But right. then he goes, bam, right into this. Right. And, and you don't have anything against women, but you sit there and you degrade a woman because mm -hmm. she doesn't believe the same political views you have. But where where are the feminists, Chris? Where are the Hillary Clintons of the world? Where there are these strong women who have been out there marching in front of a camera saying that they need the same rights as men and they need to be taken seriously, but yet the left sits back and says, oh, Michael Rappaport, you're right. It's okay to go after her because she doesn't believe the way we do. Yeah, you know, all those on the left, I think Hillary and them, they're all still working on the response to the attacks that Sarah Palin got. Oh, right. Because once again, no, they don't. If you're a conservative woman or you don't follow in their footsteps, they will attack you in the most vile, despicable, and disgusting ways possible. A great example is we talk about Dana Lash. Yeah. That woman, they're trying to, they say her she doesn't have the right to arm herself yeah. while her enemies have threatened to rape and rape her to death and murder her. And these are the people that want to disarm her. Okay. It, it, you know, you know and, and a lot of these people get that, Chris. I mean, we get some nasty messages from time to time. I can't imagine what Dana Lash receives. Or, or once again, now, uh, uh, Laura Ingraham or any of these women, I, I've seen the things they've said to Michelle Malkin. I've seen the things they've done. Once again, if you're a woman on the right, people like Michael Rapoport will use the most bizarre and misogynistic way to attack her, and no one cares. Nope. No one says a word about it except us because we're like, wait a minute, if a conservative was to use that term, or a female who hosts a television show was to dare say someone was whiny, right. they're going to boycott. Have they boycotted his movies? Are they boycotting any of these clowns on the left? Hell no. They're not doing it at all. All right, man, I, these, these segments are flying by. All right, let's take a very short break. I'm Chris X. Matt Locke is here as well. 888-900-3390. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Conservative Cartel. Now. 
here's Matt Block and Chris Axe. Man, this is going entirely too fast this morning. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. I am Chris X, along with Matt Locke. Uh, we're here live on the Blaze Radio Network. Glad to have you guys on board. We are also on Facebook. For those of you who want to go watch the video, the Conservative Cartel on Facebook, the Liberty Eagle. You can go watch the video portion of the show, and we'd love to have you on board with that as well. If uh, if you're not listening over at theblaze.com, uh, glad to have you on board. Uh, if you want to join us here live on the program right now as we speak, triple eight nine hundred thirty. 93 is the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. 888-900-3393. You know, it's, it, it's funny, Matt, because we, we've tore into this uh, yeah. very early on. With the, you got David Hogg, who's come out acting like an adult, but then hiding behind the child thing. Yeah. And then you've got Laura Ingraham. They've gone after her sponsors. The fallout may not be done there. It's going to be interesting to see what's happening. And we barely touched on this in the last segment. This was an article that you, you brought forth. People need to understand it's not just this David Hogg kid that has gone after this and caused this boycott. He's just the face of a much larger movement that is being funded by very large players of the progressive left in attempts to destroy and silence the right. Oh, absolutely, Chris. In this article, it says Media Matters is known for its opposition to conservative and independent media outlets. A Media Matters briefing book, so they have a book about how to do this, obtained by the Washington Free Beacon, it last year at a retreat for donors listed a core budget goal for 2017 of 13.4 million, which the booklet says would pay for a staff of 81 <laughs> to wage war on the independent news outlets like Breitbart, Fox, The Blaze, all of those places. Media Matters, founded by Hillary Clinton ally David Brock, is financed in part by George Soros. The billionaire provided a $1 million donation in 2010 to hold Fox News accountable for the false and misleading information they so often broadcast. Don't you think he means CNN or MSLSD or Headline News or ABC, NBC, CBS? Fox Mm -hmm. News, I mean, look, uh, once again, I'll say this. You have to take all of this news with a grain of salt because even Fox News tends to skew their bias. Everybody, yeah, all of them do, pretty much. They do. I mean, but, you, you have to be independent. You have to be an independent thinker. Well, and, and that's the whole point. And the one thing about Fox News I give them credit for, at least they show both sides. Yes. And when they do, they try to do it in at least a fair manner, at least the best they can. Um, whereas when it comes to ABC, CNN, CBS, uh, MSDNC, I mean, you, you look at these networks, they make it very clear that the facts don't matter. No. And you talk about propaganda. Yeah. CNN and MSNBC are nothing but leftist propaganda. That's all. The, they have made no bones about all they want to do is destroy Donald Trump and get rid of this guy. And you know what the funny thing is, Chris? You've got the media matters. You've got the Hillary Clintons. You've got the George Soroses trying to shut down the voice on the right. Yeah. We're not trying to shut the left's voice down. We're just trying to give you the facts of what they're saying. Because yeah. in this country, we have a constitution that allows you to say what CNN says. It doesn't make it any more right or any more truthful, but it allows you to say it. The left doesn't. I mean, look, they want to come after your Second Amendment rights, which is your guns, the ability to protect yourself. And eventually their main goal, if you think about net neutrality, they want to shut down your First Amendment rights. Well, Matt, not only that, it shouldn't be surprising to anyone, even though I know most people probably aren't thinking about it this way. A young man 
by the name of David Hogg, has come out against your antiquated Constitution saying you don't really need that Second Amendment. So he's gone after your Second Amendment. What makes you think he's not going to go after the First Amendment next? Because once he, and along with all those aligned with him, those behind him funding him, are not going to go through, once they get you to budge on your Second Amendment, well, then it's time to go after the First Amendment. Because if you don't have your Second, how are you going to stop them from taking away your First? You're not. And that's the ultimate goal, because we know that the liberal left agenda is to have a socialistic communistic utopia where they get to run everything absolutely i mean look at bernie sanders i mean look at bernie sanders he ran on free everything chris free health care free school free whatever just vote for me and i saw an article this morning kind of funny he's contemplating running in 2020 he'll only be about 112 (laughs) he's like uh god he's like the uh He's like the emperor on on Star Wars that never dies, you know? I mean, it's like he's like 5,000 years old, and he's still there on the dark side. The scariest thing about Bernie Sanders is the fact that he is this. He looks like this little simple old man. He's, I'm Bernie Sanders, and you're smart, are you? You say a lot of smart things. He says stuff like that, and all of these kids, he caught a lot of traction because all of these young kids, uh, well, we'll say uh, David Hogg's age and a little older, college, they all loved it because the free this and free that, and it's well, democratic socialism. That guy is a threat. They have oh, no comprehension. The ideology in which no. he brings has been has led to the death of hundreds of millions of people. Well, in, in these kids, this is a sad thing, Chris. They're not being taught in these schools. They're being indoctrinated. And I saw an article yesterday where mm-hmm. the Trump presidency is going after some of these colleges, and they're going after government student loans because the government has ratcheted up the price of college by probably 20-fold since you and I have been in college. I mean, it is unbelievable that a young person could go into a liberal arts college and end up spending – Twenty-five to $30,000 a year for schooling when just 20, 30 years ago, you could go get a fantastic education for about five or $6,000 a year. Well, that's definitely not the case anymore. Now the cost has gone through the roof. And then you've got Bernie saying, oh, you won't have to pay for your college so and will. that kind of stuff. You know, you've heard the story. I think we've told this story before about the kids running for class president. I think it was like fifth grade. And there's two kids running. And one of them goes, you know, he gets up and stands before the audience and says, you know, the entire school and says, I'm going to work on getting us better schooling. We're going to get better textbooks. We need better desks. Right. <clears throat> we need all of this and everything, all this stuff. And he's actually being very functional and wants to take care of it. The other kid gets up and goes, free ice cream for everyone. And they're in. Woo! And, and he wins in a landslide. Yes, he that does. That kid is Bernie Sanders. Well, and, and it's, look, that's the Democratic Party. In a nutshell, I mean, you know, it's funny because the left talked about how there was this cadre of of candidates for the right the last time. There's like 17 Mm -hmm. of them. They're like, oh, they're watering down the Republican Party. It's going to be awful. It's terrible. It's, you know, look, coming up in 2020, I am hearing stories right now where there are going to be a multitude of Democratic candidates running for president. Even Pete Buttigieg, who is the gay mayor of South Bend, Indiana, is getting ready to throw his hat in the ring for the left. I mean, I'm starting to see stories from my buddies in radio. In the And you watch the stories that come out, Chris, because when the Republicans did it, when there were 16, 17 candidates, oh, my God, it was terrible for, for the party. Oh, my gosh, it's diluted. It's watered down. But when the Democrats come out with 15, 16 candidates, they're going to be like, oh, strong bench. Strong bench. We're deep. Oh, my gosh, we got so much choice. I mean, it's pathetic how the left 
actually reports on some of this stuff. Well, once again, it's crafting that narrative, and they've done it for a very long time. Fortunately, we're at a point now where we do have the ability to go through there and decipher there and find out what you're, you're being fed propaganda, you're being fed lies, misinformation, and that's what they've done. And the funny thing is, as you watch them, ABC is not exactly known for its conservatism. In fact, they're the exact opposite. Right now, they find themselves on a quandary. They've got Roseanne on, who's uh, d- spreading a message that's a little different than what they'd like to spread, and it's making them lots and lots of money. Oh. So what are they going to do? Well, yeah. they're going to ride that horse and make that money, yep. and then they'll go through there and pour the rest of that money into these, you know, anti-right, anti-Republican, anti-conservative, yep. this leftist ideology, much like what's happening with George Soros, Media Matters, Think Progress, all of these these things, much like Facebook, much like YouTube, yeah. much like Google. Yep. They take that. Remember early on, they loved everybody's opinion. Yep. They don't love everybody's opinion anymore. And they, they're the modern day book burners is what they are. Oh, and that's a great analogy because, you know, you look back on that. The left doesn't want you to understand history. No, the don't. left doesn't want you to understand what happened when these kind of socialistic governments, Venezuela, Cuba. I mean, you got China. You've got over in Cambodia, the killing fields. I mean, you've got all this history, even uh, Hitler with the Nazis. We go back. What did Hitler do? He used the children, Chris. He propagandized. He used the children and said, oh, it's for the children. And here, what do we see in this country today? Children propped up in front of a, a video camera saying it's for the children's safety. And I hate to say this, but for those who don't know George Soros' background, you need to go learn who that man is, oh my God. where he came from, what he was part of, and what he did. Now, did he cause it? No, he did not. But he was part of it. He came from it. Now, all of a sudden, he's helping fund all of these children to come tell you that you don't really need to be armed. And I love the fact they, they say this, we're not coming after your guns. No. We're not coming after your guns. But every friggin' bill they introduce and everything they do, and all of them are for what? Full confiscation of your guns. You can't listen to them. They are liars. They are paid liars. What a concept. Let's don't go away. Stick with us. we got a whole lot more to cover. Um, you are listening to The Conservative Cartel. I'm Chris X, along with Matt Locke. Our number two starts here in about three minutes. This is The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. You're in the marketplace of liberty. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to the second hour of the Conservative Cartel right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Glad to have you guys on board. I am Chris X along with Matt Locke. We've got a ton to cover here on today's program as we're rolling. Uh, first hour was fast and furious. Second hour is just underway. Hey, we want to remind everyone coming up in the next segment, we've got author Jack Carr. Oh, he's got a book out called The Terminal List. We're going to talk about that. Looking forward to picking up with uh, with Jack. If you want to get in, I guess, you know what? I, we should shut down the Black Rifle Coffee hotline for now because we have a caller, and we're going to go to the caller, but then I want to make sure that we leave room because we're going to we're going to shut down for the next segment. I'm looking forward to finding out a little bit more about well, the Terminal List. Chris, right? don't forget, we are from the Nine Line Apparel Studios. Absolutely. Our, our, our great, a great sponsor, NineLineApparel.com. Fuse Cartel 15 
You'll get a 15% discount, by the way. So fantastic veteran-owned there. The Black Rifle Coffee hotline, blackriflecoffee.com. Cartel 10 gets you a 10% discount on great coffee. And you got to get to the conservativecartel.com because we're giving away the right-on game, a right-on T-shirt, a Black Rifle Coffee mug, and a nine-line apparel hat. That is our giveaway. We are picking that winner Friday, six days. Now, next Saturday, you're going to want to tune into this program because our next giveaway is fantastic, and we're going to announce it next Saturday, a week from today. Now, we got to get over, by the way, to producer Ron because we have stuff going on this hour. Absolutely. Hey, good second hour, guys. This hour of the Conservative Cartel is brought to you by BattleBox the premier survival tactical subscription box on the planet. You can visit them at BattleBox.com. That's B-A-T-T-L-B-O-X.com. Use code CARTEL for 15% off your first box. BattleBox.com. There you go. There go by BattleBox.com. Drop that E, and then you can get in. Uh, and Matt did mention, if you want to get on those giveaways, first of all, you want to win this one. And if you don't, you'll already be registered for the next thing we're going to give away, TheConservativeCartel.com. Register as a VIP member. You get the free newsletter and... All kinds of good stuff. And and Matt did mention the Nine Line Apparel Studios. For those watching on the Liberty Eagle or the Facebook page, The Conservative Cartel, showing that little, I know Matt's got his as well, showing that Nine Line Apparel. Oh, yeah. Man, I I love Nine Line Apparel. These shirts are are awesome. We are big fans and a great veteran-owned company. But, Chris, you said we got a phone call. Yeah, let's go and jump to the phones uh, on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. Looks like we've got Jules patiently holding in Tennessee. Hey, Jules, thanks for holding. Welcome to The Conservative Cartel. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, Before I get to my original point, when it comes to children, I would like to point out that children are often the most dangerous aspects in any society, especially during times of famine and war, and they are very useful in propaganda and just you know, do research. These people need to research out there. The Khmer Rouge, the children of the Khmer Rouge, the killing fields. They also need to look at the history of George Soros, like you mentioned. He's a, he was born in Hungary. He comes from a Jewish family. And he enjoyed destroying his own people by taking and stealing from them and sending them to death camps. And there is even more about him that goes deeper than that okay so that being said there's a book out there by a very dark man Saul Alinsky rules for radicals yeah it was dedicated to Lucifer and if you read that book rules for radicals that is a playbook for the leftists for the Marxists for the communists we're living it right now and and you're right Thank you for the call, Jules. You're right on. For those who don't know about Saul Alinsky's book, Rule for Radicals, you really need to go look because that was the playbook for the last eight years before Donald Trump was elected. Basically, that's where it came from. And you've got Saul Alinsky, you've got Cloward and Piven, you've got all of these different groups that have gone in and done these things. And they were, hey, never let a good crisis go to waste. Look at Rahm Emanuel. These are not new ideas. These are not new concepts. When she talks about George Soros and what's going on, this is not new stuff. This is stuff that has been around for a while, and people really do need to know about Rules for Radicals. Well, when Jules said that, you know, the Rules for Radicals, you know, gave a shout-out to Satan, she actually meant Hillary Clinton. (laughs) I'm I'm just saying, because I think Hillary Clinton wrote a foreword, or I think at at one point, uh, Saul Alinsky was like Hillary Clinton's 
mentor or was who she wanted to be when she grew up kind of deal. Just like Frank Marshall Davis was kind of Obama's little mentor that no one ever talks about. You know, these communists, these radicals, these guys that, you know, don't believe in the way America was founded kind of things. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We live in a time where the left right now, all these Democrats are screaming, my God, Russian collusion. They violated everything and meddled in our election while running around every day preaching the values of a communist society and how great it is. Oh, yeah. And it's only it's only great for the people at the top. It's only great for the people who get to make the rules. And there are only so many people that can be at the top. You know what they say about too many chiefs and not enough. No, that's probably not a too many cooks and not. I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. I like the uh, too many chiefs and not enough Native Americans. There it is. You can't (laughs) have too many people at the top because it doesn't work. But the left wants you to believe that. You know, we watch as socialism all over the country doesn't work. But the left will come out and tell you, we can make it work. They're just not doing it right. You know, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders are perfect examples of those who who would love socialism. They're wealthy. They have multiple homes. They drive really nice cars. They have tons and tons of money, made over a million dollars the year before last. Uh, They make tons of money, but they want the rest. Everybody else, you guys share the largesse, okay? You don't deserve this lifestyle. Everyone needs to be equal except me. Yeah, I need three. Uh, I need three homes, one on a lake. I need several cars. I mean, we look at this, Chris, and, and you have to ask a very specific question. And a lot of people do. And I know Peter Peter Schweitzer wrote the Clinton Cash books, and now he's wrote written the Empire books here about China and all that stuff. But how did the Clintons on the government dole become worth two hundred million dollars? Yeah, I mean, at they've least. Done, what what have the Clintons done outside of being in government? I mean, well, Bill Clinton they, was the governor of Arkansas. What did he do before that? He didn't have a regular job. How many jobs has Bernie Sanders held? None other than being in the public eye. I mean, he the lived, guy didn't have a job till he was like 40. He lived he, in his mom and dad's basement. He lived in his parents' basement when he was elected senator of yes. Vermont. Isn't that something? You want to know why he's a socialist? He's had somebody pay for everything he's done his entire life. He doesn't have jobs. He's never had a job. He's not a worker. He's a guy that wants the large ass. Once again, he's got th- now he has three homes. Yeah. His wife bankrupted a freaking college. Yeah, and they he's walked got- away with fraud on that, by the way. Bank fraud, Chris, on yeah, that whole deal. Once again, it, and and you go and to bring this back to what what Jules was saying, talking about rules for radicals and Solinsky, Not a, you probably need to go check it out and learn more about. And the thing is, I'm not going into detail on this because a lot of other people have extensively. Just go research it a little yeah. bit, just like I did with George Soros. Some of the things she mentioned about George Soros, he was part of the Hitler Youth. People don't know that when she talks about dangerous children. Yep. He was one of them. Now, he was a child. It Was it his fault? Did he enjoy doing it? I have no idea. But, boy, he sure seems to be preaching the, uh, the, the ideals of Adolf Hitler these days, doesn't he? Silencing freedom of speech, disarming America, all of those things that Adolf Hitler did. Uh, I hate to just point out similarities, but like I said, when you've got that going on, when you have a little girl who claims to be, oh, my God, uh, we've got to really clamp down on your Second Amendment, and the patch on her arm is a Cuban flag, (laughs) the the irony is not lost on me. In fact, it astonishes me that how many people don't have a clue what these people are preaching because they don't know. They They don't don't care. They don't care, Chris. It's not that they don't know. I just think the left doesn't care. Because it does not suit their message. Their message is at all cost. 
their message is socialism, communism, government taking care of you from cradle to grave. They don't. They know it. I mean, come on. You, we 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 say liberals aren't right. very smart. We, we we say that they're uneducated. They're not uneducated. They know exactly what they want to do, and they are running their rule book, and they've been doing it for, what, 50, 60 years? I mean, these guys have got this thing worn in like a good old shoot. Yeah, I think you're right. You know what, Matt? We're coming up on the next break, and then we get to pick up with uh, Jack Carr. Tell us a little bit about Jack and his new book, The Terminal List. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm a huge – if any of you know out there, I'm a big reader, avid reader. I'm a huge Brad Thor fan. This guy is right down the alley, Jack Carr. It's called The Terminal List. We're going to get into it. His main character, James Reese, fantastic, former SEAL. We're going to talk to him about, because this is his first book, we're going to talk to him about why he wrote it, what's coming up next. You're going to want to listen. I don't want to give too much of the book away because I want you to go buy it and read it, but I'll tell you, the most fantastic ending of a book I've ever read. What? That's a lot to say. So look, don't go anywhere. We're going to pick up with Jack Carr on the other side of the break, author of The Terminal List. We're going to talk all things about his book himself. All of that good stuff. You're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna stick around. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline will be down for a little bit, but then we'll have it right back up for this alongside of Chris X, I'm Matt Locke. You're listening to the Conservative Cartel as we roll on this Saturday morning. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to The Conservative Cartel this Saturday morning as we are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Network. We're so glad that you found us on your internet device or Facebook conservative cartel the liberty eagle alongside of chris x i am matt Locke. we're waiting patiently for author jack carr of the terminal list to call in on the black rifle coffee hotline that's uh triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three i've got his book right here and we, we you know you never know we may have a mix up on time i'll email him after the segment if he does not show up and hopefully we'll get him on we're waiting to see if he's gonna show up but chris until then we've got other stuff to talk about Oh, I mean, yeah. we, we've got I, – I wanted to get to a story here that I found quite interesting, and we didn't get to it with all the Laura Ingram stuff going on and everything that was happening with the boycott and David Hogg and, and Soros and all that stuff. But uh, we're finding out that Netflix has appointed former national security advisor Susan Rice to their board. You know, it's interesting. I'm glad we got to this because not only has that happened, <clears throat> this is a succession of things that Netflix has done. So Netflix brought back David Letterman, and the first person he interviewed was Barack Obama on his show. It was a limited run, which I never watched. Right. Uh, and then he did that. And then they, they announced a few days ago that Barack Obama is joined to work on a new project with Netflix, and they're going to work on some sort of programming. Okay. Well, all right. Now they've appointed 
and former ambassador who lied about Benghazi and was, you would think, disgraced. No, 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 no. That was just a badge of honor in that administration. She was promoted to national security advisor. Now she has been put on the board over at Netflix, which has triggered a backlash of its own. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. But it, the thing that st- sets it, the thing that just hits me is we've been hearing these rumors, Chris, of this series coming out that former President Barack Obama is working on with Netflix. I mean, there can't be coincidence here, can there? There, there, there are no coincidences. <laughs> Okay. Um, that being said, there are. Uh, you know, I'm obviously making fun of that. But the reality is, is once again, I think Netflix is now showing that they're part of that leftist ideology, and they're slowly but surely putting in the people around them. Now, hey, you know what? That's their prerogative. It's their company. They can appoint whomever they want to their board. They can bring on whomever they want. Guess what? They can also handle the backlash, much like all of these people that are now boycotting supposedly um, Laura Ingraham and her sponsors. Well, now you've got people going on to Twitter talking about boycotting um, the uh, Netflix. Uh, you've got people. In fact, I'm going to read a couple of tweets. One of them at Netflix. Susan Rice is a criminal who persecuted and spied on innocent Americans. Yes. I'll be deleting my account and encouraging everyone I know to do the same. I've been a customer since 06. You've got uh, Netflix hire Susan Rice uh, on the board of directors while Barack Obama is still negotiating to produce content for Netflix. Netflix obviously doesn't care about the fact that Susan Rice repeatedly lied about Benghazi and the unmasking of American citizens. So they're getting their own little backlash here. And, and the, the reality is this is this is where we are. This yeah. when you got once again they go after the left is going after yeah. well two can play at that game. Well, the thing is, could you imagine? And we say this a lot, but I want you to think about it. Could you imagine George W. Bush having a series on Netflix? Could you imagine the outrage that would? And not that it's granted either way. I really don't care. This is America. If you want to put Barack Obama on your platform, it's your business. I mean, I, I don't care. I'm not going to watch it. You mentioned this in the weekday show. I think yesterday netflix has other offers i mean you can go watch other stuff you don't have to go watch the obama documentary or mini series or whatever it's going to be i mean you can go watch a movie you can go watch uh i'm a big daredevil fan that's only on netflix or uh jessica jones that's on netflix i like those kind of shows but i don't care for the fact and i won't watch the fact that barack obama may or may not have a series on netflix so you would have struck me as an orange is the new black sort of guy. You know, my wife loves that show. I never, <laughs> I mean, I've, I watched one or two episodes and look, I don't have anything against the LGBT community, but I don't want to watch a bunch of lesbian women running around. I just don't. Oh, no. See, House that's of Cards. Sh- House of Cards is where it is. House, oh, House of Cards. Cards. Now, I love that show until we found out that uh, Kevin Spacey likes little boys and fondling them and all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, I'm start- TV is really starting to sour for me. I hate to say that, but. Netflix, Chris, my whole point of this, Netflix, they're their own business. They can run it the way they see fit, but they're going to tick people off by the moves they've just made because we're living in a society today where this is happening on a regular basis.
Yeah, and it's once again, and, and you're, you're right, I made the comment on the weekday show. You don't have to, I did not watch, I've got Netflix, I've had it for years, because yeah. I like watching movies. Yep. So uh, what it is, is I, I didn't watch the David Letterman thing. I didn't watch, I don't, I've never watched Oranges of the New Black. Uh, I don't, there's a lot of things. I've, I've got HBO free with my cable program. There are so many shows on HBO that is nothing but leftist propaganda. Right. So I choose not to watch it. Yeah. I'll watch boxing. I'll watch some of the other things when a new movie comes out once in a while. Yep. But other than that, but when it comes to Netflix, you don't have to watch this garbage. Here's the other thing. You do have your the power of the pocketbook. And yeah. you've got these people tweeting out, time to cancel Netflix, folks. They hire liars. Bye-bye, Netflix. Time to cancel. Uh, board choices like elections have consequences. That is true. I agree with these people. If you know what? If this infuriates you, infuriates you to the point to where you no longer want to pay them, cancel your subscription if not well then just don't watch it no one is forcing you to watch this garbage just like the garbage on all the other networks that is i mean i don't watch is there any television i I watch the big bang theory once in a while but i'm trying to think of another television series that i watch i i used to love the walking dead and then it became the pc apocalypse and that lost me i can't watch that anymore and, and look i watch all the all i watch all the superhero stuff the Flash, The Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, like I said, Daredevil. I mean, I like that stuff. That's, I mean, it's, it, look, I'm pretty non-political outside of this. I mean, I'm a political guy, don't get me wrong, but yeah. I'm not politics 100% of the time. It's nice to have some kind of getaway because, you know, look, we, we deal with this stuff every day, Chris, yeah. and sometimes you just got to shut your brain down. Well, then we talked about this. One of the reasons why we do on the weekday show net uh, uh, with uh, TJ Callahan called yeah. Teach Flicks. I used to, and I, I, I go once in a blue moon. I don't go very often because I don't like to be offended by Hollywood. When they offend me, I don't go. But nonetheless, that's why I bring TJ Callahan, she, TJ Callahan on because she's a film critic. She saves me money. She does it. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. My escape would be to go see a movie, <clears throat> to just take your mind off things, to have fun. Right. I don't like to be propagandized too. So what happens well, is by having her, yep. she saves me from that kind of stuff. And and like you said, w- when I'm done with these radio programs, man, I don't need to talk politics the rest of the day. I'm good. I feel like I just had therapy for three hours. <laughs> well, and the whole thing is, you've talked about this before, we've watched as Hollywood has got into the indoctrination business as well. Oh, yeah. It, throughout all their movies for, you know, climate change, for all of their, their movements. I mean, I don't remember what article I was reading the other day, but some celebrity said it was okay that um, Leonardo DiCaprio flew around the, the world in his in his private jet because he still loved the environment. <laughs> but, you know, and they, you know, Al Gore's good at this. Uh, Leonardo, all of these, you know, Hollywood elites, they tell you that you need to reduce your carbon footprint. They tell you that you need to love the environment. They tell you there's global warming and climate change. And then you have this idiocy where it's like, well, it's okay if Leonardo flies around in his jet with his large carbon footprint because he really does love the environment. Much like Al Gore. Now, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a crazy thing. And the left is really upset about this, and I put this article on the Conservative Cartel Facebook page. The EPA is getting rid of the CAFE standards on the emissions of cars. What? And guess who they're going to fight? The state of California. Oh, Because no. by 2025, I want you to listen to this. By 2025, I was reading this article the other day. They wanted cars to be able to go, to be able to be at 55 miles per gallon of gasoline. Yeah. What, what car is it? I mean, Mike, I drive a V6, by the way. I have an Acura. It gets about 28, 
30 miles to the gallon. What car gets 55 miles to the gallon? Maybe a... Uh, Ron's Prius. That's what gets 55 miles to the gallon. Ron drives actually, a Prius. He did. I might have had a Prius. He had a Prius. What? And he, it was he, not light blue. He, Thank he, you. He cashed in his man card for a little while. Man. And now he's hey, got a I great getting, big pickup truck. <laughs> I was getting 48 miles to the gallon, guys. Honestly, but you weren't getting 55. Was that with or without your pee hat on? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> Thank you, Chris X. <laughs> I know. We've seen Ron wearing his nasty woman t-shirt. Yes, we've seen that. we've seen it. It was a nice car, guys. It really uh, was. I, well, it's Toyota, and Toyota makes fine vehicles. They really <laughs> but, do. But Matt would never drive one, he said. Ever. You're Matt's never so going to catch me dead in a Prius. But the EPA. It, Matt, it would said, you look, even fit in a Prius? Probably, Dude, you're like seven feet tall. Probably not. I mean, that's another thing. I have my car as a bigger sedan because I'm a bigger guy. I need yeah. room. It, but, you know, look, the left is so gung-ho. They want to save the environment. They, they, they want you to feel bad about this. They want these cafe standards. They, they, you know, Mother Earth. But then they fly around in their personal jets, and they do all their stuff, and it's completely hypocritical. I'm kind of surprised sexual chocolate doesn't have a different type car. I figured he would be driving, I don't know, maybe a Cadillac or something. Mm-hmm. I might have had one of those, too. Okay. All right. He has a go. nice big pickup truck right now. I do have a pickup truck. Yes, okay. he does. And he's, How many miles do the gallons that thing get? Probably about 15. Eight, yeah, I would say 17, <laughs> 18, maybe. See, I'm driving a Nissan Rogue, and I love it. It gets like 33 miles to the gallon on road trips and highway, you know, 30 miles to the gallon city. So I, I, I like Nissans. They're well, look, and I have nothing. We were just talking about it coming in here today. You know, it's funny because we heard on the radio this morning that we're switching over to a summer blend on our gasoline. So oh. gases went up 20 cents here in Texas over the last week. And, and, and I chuckle because... You know, you're going to pay for gas either way kind of stuff. But we are literally at the beck and call of what gas prices are. We can't affect it. We, we can't do anything about it. You got to pay it. You got to have it to drive around. Now, if you want to drive a vehicle that gets 50 miles a gallon, do it. If you want to yeah. drive a vehicle that gets 17 miles a gallon, do it. That's what's great about America. Well, absolutely. It really is. We live in a great country. When you talk about the summer blend, hey, does uh, Black Rifle Coffee have a summer blend as well? Dude, I don't know, but this caffeinated as F is a great blend. I'm just going to tell you that right now. (laughs) And you got Murdered Out is another great one or Silencer Smooth. They're all good blends. I mean, it's great coffee. Man, okay. Where can they get it? BlackRifleCoffee.com? That's right. Cartel 10, get you 10% off. Man, you ought to watch Matt. He drinks about 17 cups before each show. Let's take a short break. Uh, I am Chris X along with Matlock. You're listening to the Conservative Cartel. You want to get in on the Black Rifle Coffee hotline, 888-900-3393. We'll be right back. The Conservative Cartel with Matlock and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris 
you darn straight it is. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. I am Chris X, along with Matt Locke. We're here live in the Nine Line Apparel Studios. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open if you want to get in. 888 thirty three ninety three. By the way, Matt, I saw you drinking that Black Rifle Coffee during the break. Yeah. What, what number cup are you on? Um, Three. Three? Okay, not bad. Not, not bad. bad. I mean, I well, well, I had two before. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I've lost count. It sounds Let's like put a it little... that way. I, I'm a big coffee drinker, and I, I, look, I am not a morning person. And we do morning shows all week long, and it's Saturday morning on top of everything else. Oh, no and on me. Friday night, Ron and I last night went down and had some dinner at the local tavern, and I like to have a, a, a adult beverage or two, and I need coffee on Saturday mornings. It's just my ritual. Yeah, well, just Saturday mornings. All right, every morning. <laughs> Needless to say, if Black Rifle Coffee didn't sell another cup to anyone else, I think Matt would keep them in business. I would. He would. Look at that mug. For those watching on the Conservative Cartel Facebook page or those watching on the Liberty Eagle Facebook page, look at that mug. Hey, you can win a mug, not that one, but another one. If you go to theconservativecartel.com, register as a VIP, you can win a hat, you can win the game, you can win a T-shirt, you can win that white mug with the black lettering. Oh, it's pretty sweet, Matt. And we are drawing that winner on Friday. So you're going to have to go to theconservativecartel.com, find out when we're on. And tune into our Friday show because we're going to announce the winner Friday, and then next Saturday we're starting another giveaway. And I'm it's telling beautiful. you, if you're not a if you're not a current cartel VIP, you're going to want to be. Yeah, it's, and you win the right on game by the way. That's so right. make sure you you and do a that. T-shirt, the right on the T-shirt, yeah. the hat, the the, and then the black rifle coffee mug. Pretty sweet. And, and we got to thank our great sponsors, by the way. Right, the right on game, uh, nine line apparel, black yeah. rifle. They make this happen, so we certainly appreciate them. And it's a great package, by the way. That game is fantastic. It's funny. It has all kinds of things making fun of the left. You should have it. You know what's funny is Ron, I think, has that mug. I don't know if he has it with him now, but if he does, give us that camera shot. Those who are wanting to purchase, if you don't want to, if you want to go get registered, do that first. Go to the theconservativecartel.com, register as a VIP, and do that. But if you want to purchase it, you can still get those from Black Rifle Coffee. And there it is right there on oh, the Conservative yeah. Cartel Facebook page. Look at that mug. Both sides and on the bottom. A hand on the bottom. Boom. Ron just spilled coffee all over his face. All over his face. <laughs> Sexual chocolate. Sex, well, that's how you get the nickname. It's an that's enamel right. mug. It's like uh, it's, the, it's like, like when you go camping. Yeah. Yeah, it's an enamel mug. Man, yeah. it's nice. Trust me, when there's coffee in this bad boy, it's warm. It's warm. Yeah, Ooh, but it's nice. good, too. It's good. We have a couple of them in our house. There you go. So you can go buy one if you want. Just go to blackrifecoffee.com or just get, get registered as a VIP over at theconservativecartel.com. And we got, as you mentioned, they're doing that next Friday as the giveaway. Then we got more giveaways coming, and you want to hear about that as well. So make sure you uh, you get over to theconservativecartel.com. Hey, uh, Matt, I wanted to discuss this in this segment before we run out of time. Um, Alan Dershowitz, not exactly a conservative. Oh, by no means. He has spoken out on this special counsel saying the investigation should end and he goes on in this new article which i i pulled it it was it was actually off the local out of uh, dallas fort worth yeah cbs uh, C- 11 yeah cbs 11 over there um he's a civil liberties attorney he said wednesday he's fearful of the criminalization of political differences in today's discourse that he doesn't think special counsels are the right way to approach criminal justice well you've been saying this forever chris i mean mm. you literally have been saying this forever about robert Mueller, about you know in search of a crime absolutely 
It's and they're not the only ones. Uh, one of the guys I used to have on my show regularly, he was a congressman. He served back in the '90s and he was elected again. Uh, I think it was 2012. Was it? Is a uh, former congressman Steve Stockman. He's under trial in Houston right now, and they're going after him for. And I don't even know the details of what they're going after. Supposedly misappropriation of funds or something. I don't even know what it is. Nonetheless, they took four grand juries to get him indicted. Now you need to know who Steve Stockman is. He was a guy who brought Ted Nugent to the State of the Union. When Barack Obama was president, he also threatened to have Lois Lerner arrested when she um, lied under oath and was declared in contempt of Congress. What? Yeah. When that happened, he was the guy that did that. Of course, he had the Obama failometer outside his office. And guess what happened? Shortly after that, they went after that man for everything. Yep. The what is happening? The criminalization of political differences. We live in dangerous times. And now you go, oh, well, maybe he's a corrupt politician. Maybe he is. I don't know. He, I've known the guy for years. I've never known him to be corrupt. But then again, let's take a step back and let's look at what happened with Mike Flynn. He did a plea bargain on what? Lying, Lying under oath. under oath. And they're now saying he didn't even lie under oath, and they're going to repeal that because they were going after him and his son. Well, we had Sidney Powell on here who wrote mm-hmm. uh, Right to Lie, I believe. I believe yeah. it's The Right to Lie, I think. Is that the right name of the book? Sexual chocolate, right to lie. Uh, her book, everything. yeah. What's Sydney Powell's book? Can you look that up? It doesn't matter. But we had Sydney Powell license on. To lie. License to lie. That's Thank it. you. There right you to lie. License. Close. Sorry, Sydney. Um, she was on. Actually, she was on Sean Hannity the other day, which was fantastic. Fantastic guest of our show here. Yeah. But she said the same thing, Chris. You know, you've got these judges who are legislating from the benches, who are Democrat. Uh, you know, henchmen, or they're in, they're in, you know, we knew that Peter Stroke was talking to Rudy Contreras on the FISA court. Oh, I mean, that's not all. We, we, we've got all this stuff here. We're watching these judges. And, and like you said, now they've got Michael Flynn saying you lied to the FBI, but did he? Well, I want to, you know what, I want to back up what you were just saying. Hold on, let's look. We got Bob Mueller as a special prosecutor, if you will, special investigator, okay? He's investigating Donald Trump, and look at the people he has appointed so far that we know of. Right. Peter Strzok, who was text messaging back and forth with the woman he was having an affair with, Lisa Page. Both of them were there to investigate Trump-Russian collusion. They haven't found anything, but they were huge Trump supporters. I don't know, maybe 100,000 text messages on that. Once Trump was elected, then they were trying to figure out ways to get rid of him. Right. Andrew McCabe, yep. and we, we got more stuff to cover on him today. Look what happened with Andrew McCabe. Bruce and Nellie Orr, Bruce Orr was working with the FBI. His wife worked for Fusion GPS, part of the people who funded along with the Hillary Clinton DNC campaign, this opposition research that had this stupid dossier they used to get FISA warrants to go after President Christopher Steele. And then you mentioned Judge Rudy. We got Judge Rudy, the guy who was involved with with Mike Flynn and all of this, and they were... It, the Once again, it's the swamp, and I think it's why you've got um, uh, Alan Dershowitz, a liberal, saying, I think the investigation should end, well, and I think Congress should appoint a special nonpartisan commission. Commission, not a prosecutor. See, we've oh. got this whole story, and that goes with the other story that we had because we've got a story out of Fox News. DOJ Inspector General reviews alleged FISA abuses by the DOJ and the FBI. So we've got the likes of uh, Jim Jordan. Uh, Trey Gowdy saying, look, we need another special prosecutor. Do we really need another special prosecutor? Because you've said this many times. I'll say it here. These are people who we have to pay as taxpayers to investigate, and they're in search of more times than not a crime. 
because they feel as if they have to validate the fact that they've been asked to investigate this deal. Now, we know with Mueller, he's investigating this Russia collusion. Well, we're finding out, Chris, that the only Russia collusion isn't on the right. It's on the left with Hillary Clinton and Andrew Weissman and Huma Abedin and Anthony Weiner and Andrew McCabe and Jim Comey. We're now starting to find that out. But yet we haven't seen a thing come from Robert Mueller about that side of the investigation. Well, not only that, something you pointed out so astutely, you're right, the investigation in search of a crime. I say that regularly, but look at what they're going after uh, Man- Paul Manafort for. Yeah. What are they going to, have they got him on Russian collusion? No, it's like no. tax evasion and this and that. They got him on the same thing that Bernie Sanders and his wife did, and Bernie Sanders and his wife haven't seen a daggone minute of anything. Yeah, there's no investigation into them as far as I know. Definitely not a special investigator. Um, I want to hit this before we go to the break because we can touch on this on the other side. Um, Dershowitz thinks a congressional committee would be too partisan. He he says that's the way it's done in other Western democracies, he continued. They don't appoint a special counsel to tell them, get that guy. That's what they did in the Soviet Union. Right. Uh, So a lot of people don't understand. You show me the man, I'll find you the crime. That's what a special counsel does. Yes. It's a job. It's their That's job. That's right. They're paid They're, to do that. The, exactly. They get paid. They're not going to, is it just, you know what, Doesn't we, don't, we haven't found anything in a year and a half. We'll just give this up and we'll stop looking. Never going to happen. They keep dragging people in front of them, and if you look hard enough, apparently you're going to find a crime. They found one. It doesn't even look like which occurred with Mike Flynn, and then now Paul Manafort, they're going after him for anything and everything but Russian collusion. Well, and Chris, we need to cover this in the next segment because we're running out of time here, but now... They're, they're wanting President Trump to sit down with Mueller. And I'm going to tell you what, I want to give you my opinion on that because oh. if you've got a, an investigator, a special investigator, looking for a crime, what do you think they're going to do when Donald Trump slips up in the least slightest little bit? That's all that meeting would be designed to do to get him to say something stupid so they can go after him. And, that's a, and it would, may not even be for Russia, but they've got the authority to go after all kinds of stuff. Look, we're going to get into that next. Don't go anywhere. The conservative cartel, Chris X, Matt Locke. We're going to roll on this Saturday morning. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open. 888-900-3393. Don't go anywhere because we're going to be right back. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. Conservative Cartel on the Blaze Radio Network. Now, here's Matt Locke and Chris Axe. We are rolling along this Saturday morning. Man, we're almost done with Hour 2, the final segment of Hour 2 here, the Conservative Cartel, Chris X, Matt Locke. We're live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios on the Blaze Radio Network. And if you want to be part of this fantastic program, here's how you do it. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open, 888-900-3393. Now, you can listen or watch on the Conservative Cartel Facebook page, the Liberty Eagle, uh, the Cartel 2016 on Twitter. That's our Twitter handle. Uh, YouTube, heck, we're everywhere. I mean, we're all over this country. We appreciate the fact you found us this Saturday morning. The numbers are fantastic. But we were covering 
this article out of local Dallas CBS 11, uh, civil liberties attorney Alan Dershowitz. And he came out and said, look, we don't need we, we don't need another special prosecutor. What we need is a commission. We, we, we need a nonpartisan commission. Where we hear all that and whatnot. But he says, look, special counsel always have the goal of getting the people. They're going to find crimes. They're going to manufacture crimes or they're going to stretch the criminal law to fit the crimes because they're not going to come away empty handed. Chris, you've been talking about this for a good month or two. I mean, they're not going to come away empty handed. They're paid to find something. So what we talked about before the break is there's now Mueller and his team want the want President Trump to sit down and talk with him. I think that's a really, really bad idea. And I'm going to say why. Because first of all, Alan Dershowitz is right. You know, a prosecutor is only going to go in looking for a crime. Donald Trump, you know, maybe Donald Trump did something. But we know, here's the thing that we do know, Chris. Collusion, if it happened, and there's no evidence that it has happened, it would be a sin, but it's not a crime, according to Dershowitz. It's not a crime to collude about an election unless there are payments made or violations of the federal law involving gifts to campaigns from foreign governments. Now, who do we know gave uh, the Hillary Clinton Foundation $145 million for Mm. some uh, uranium? Little Russian entities. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, look, my whole point is President Trump gains nothing by sitting down with Robert Mueller. Nothing. He can only hurt himself. Period. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. It, it doesn't seem to be a smart move. And the reality is, as we've seen with what's happened with Mike Flynn and now, of course, Paul Manafort, they have found zero collusion whatsoever. They convicted Mike Flynn of lying under oath when he didn't even lie under oath. And now right. they're looking towards withdrawing that because they were going after him and his son. They have bankrupted these people. Paul Manafort, oh. they're getting him on tax issues or fraud or whatever have you, anything other than. So what good can come from Donald Trump sitting down and talking with these people when all the, their entire goal to sit down and talk with him is to trip him up, to yep. say something wrong yep. so they can continue this investigation or catch him on something that he may have had nothing to do with. Up until this point, we are well over a year into this thing. Oh, there has been nothing. zero Zilch. evidence. None. In fact, there is a. They all they've uncovered is mountains of evidence stacked against Donald Trump yep. via the FBI, what the Hillary Clinton did, the Fusion GPS, and on and on and on and on and on. At a certain point, you got to look back and go, what are we doing here? We're spending millions of dollars to create a crime? Yep. And Chris, you hit on something we're going to talk about next hour. Because you talked about how they are bankrupting Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Yeah. They started a, the liberal left started a GoFundMe page for Andrew McCabe and his uh, attorney fees. And they're already at $400,000. And he was, what was McCabe worth? How much money did he have? Like $12 million. He was worth like $12 million. Now, how was McCabe worth $12 million running, the, running the FBI or being <laughs> second at the FBI? Um, I won't even speculate on that. I just know that uh, we saw how much money the Clintons made through years of public service. But you see what I'm saying? We're going to get into this next hour, so I'm not going to dive too deep into this. But this is what the left does. The left circles the wagons. Andrew McCabe, oh, poor Andrew McCabe. He the, he was just a you know an innocent bystander in this whole deal, even though next hour we're going to talk about the fact he's been caught in four different lies. Yeah, once again, this was the guy. Was he the number two guy at the FBI? Number two, yeah, behind Comey. 
So he got caught lying repeatedly. You had Peter Strzok and Lisa Page who were talking about meeting with McCabe, talking about while they were text messaging, first of all, how to prevent Donald Trump from getting elected because they were part of the nasty women movement and probably wore pee hats. And they loved Hillary Clinton and she was so great. And then how in God's name did this monster get elected? We've got to stop this. We've got to fix this. These are the people that are investigating the president of the United States. It's a stu- that is to me is just as important as the Gloria Allred story. Oh did, yes, get did you into hear about that. Summer Zervos or whatever her name is has this case against Trump, right? Right. She's, she hired Gloria Allred as her attorney. Uh, we found out yesterday that Gloria Allred has withdrawn from Summer Zervos' case against huh? Donald Trump. But, but wait, what? wait a minute. It, you know Donald Trump's guilty. Don't you want the truth to come out, Gloria? They've already convicted him in the court of public opinion, right? Right. I mean. Well, Miss Allred, of course, she's a huge women's rights attorney. She's been representing Miss um, Zervos in her defamation suit against President Trump. Uh, quote, our withdrawal has nothing to do with the merits of her case against President Trump. Allred said, we will have no comment regarding the reasons for our firm's withdrawal. We continue to wish Summer the very best in her pursuit of justice. Well, let me have a comment. I'm going to yeah. comment about her withdrawal. If you're not going to make money, you're going to withdraw. They no. know there's nothing there. I mean, look, I've dealt with attorneys for the last 17 years. I, I all too well know what happens with attorneys. If it, all attorneys do is argue, Chris, they argue and they never fix anything. That's why our government is the way it is. Our government is run by a bunch of attorneys. And the only thing they're good at is arguing. They never fix problems. So Gloria here can't make any money. So guess what? Our withdrawal has everything to do with the fact that I can't do anything and I can't prove it. So now I can't make any money. So I got to move on. Time to move on. But you remember, she's a women's rights attorney. She's all for women's rights oh. until they can no longer afford her high yeah, attorney fees. Exactly. She's all for women's rights. She's all for the almighty dollar. Isn't it amazing how the left is all about capitalism when it suits them? Yeah, but they'll chastise everyone else in the process, and they'll use it to try to push their socialistic agenda. Yeah. It's astonishing to me. It is. But, but it shouldn't be. At this point, we should be used to it, right? <laughs> we unfortunately we are that's the problem we're used to this kind of garbage when i see these kind of stories when, when, when you do this i mean it's amazing because you look back and, and here's donald trump he says by the way this is his response to this statement he says i vaguely remember her as one of the many contestants on the apprentice over the years to be clear i never met with her at a hotel or greeted her inappropriately a decade ago a decade ago that is not who I am as a person, and it's not how I've conducted my life. In fact, Ms. Zervos continued to contact me for help, emailing my office on April 14th of this year, asking that I visit her restaurant in California. Now, wait a minute. I mean, that, that was 2017, by the way. I, it was 2017, so yeah. April of last year, so almost a year ago now. Yeah. But the whole thing is Donald Trump can bring out facts and say, I've got an email. I have an email from her asking me for help, asking me to visit her restaurant, but yet she's filing a suit against me?
Well, and, and once again, you're, you're talking about over a decade ago when this happened. Okay, if it did, in fact, happen, which there's no evidence to support it. And then all of a sudden, like I said, an email last year, and then now all of a sudden we've got, well, we're going after this, and all of these allegations are being put forward. First of all, why did you wait a decade to do this? Donald Trump's been a billionaire for a lot longer than a decade, if yeah. this is truly about what happened. But now you're going after him as president. Yep. She's not the only one. In fact, we have seen a multitude of women come forward saying that he sexually assaulted them. He did all this. Uh, a few of those cases have proven to be completely false because there was nothing to back it up, and there were also al uh, alibis and things to well, show that Donald Trump was nowhere near these people when they claimed something happened, and now we have this. Well, Chris, she says, this, this is what uh, is amazing to me, Trump kissed her twice on the lips during a lunch meeting in New York City and also kissed her very aggressively and placed his hand on my breast. Are you sure she wasn't meeting with Harvey Weinstein? I know. I mean, and, and I mean, look, I'm not for sexual assault, but no. he kissed you aggressively? Kick him in the giblets. Move <laughs> on. He kissed you if that's your threat or if that's your complaint. It, once again, like the funny thing is, if that actually happened, which from what Trump says it didn't, but if he did, you're right. Step back and slap the hell out of the guy. If somebody, exactly. If you have guy, every right to smack the guy and, and to knee him in the junk and, and move then go on. To the if you are sexual, uh, yeah. if you're a woman, and I do not condone any sort of behavior like that, no. but if you're a woman and somebody does anything like that to you, first of all, slap them, kick them where it, where it hurts, and then go immediately to the police and file charges. Don't wait a decade and then hire Gloria Allred, who now is even bailed on you right i'm just saying yeah i'm not saying i'm just saying that yeah i'm just saying let's get the heck out of here just saying all right let's take a break don't go away you're listening to the conservative cartel i'm chris Axe, along with matt lock you want to get in on the black right this problem? is the conservative cartel with matt lock and chris axe on the blaze radio network in the marketplace of liberty the conservative cartel with matt locke and chris x on the blaze radio network Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. You have reached hour number three, gang. Man, it's flying by. It's hard to believe we're already here, Matt. I know. It's nuts. All right, I am Chris X. That other voice you just heard is Matt Locke. We're back here for hour number three on the Blaze Radio Network. Of course, we are live in the Nine Line Apparel Studios. Uh, we have the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. We can open it up for this segment. Uh, it looks like we do have our guests lined up for the next segment. That would be Jack Carr, author of The Terminal List. Yeah, we so. always get these. It's it's probably my fault because I schedule on Eastern time, but we're Central because we're mm, here yeah. in Texas. So we always get that snafu on times, but I've been told by his publicist, that he apologizes that he'll be calling in at 11.15. I'm looking forward to that. So I want to want to hear more about this book because I know you've read it and I have not had a chance to. So looking forward to that. If you want to jump in, 888-900-3393 is the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888-900-3393. Matt, we covered a heck of a lot of stuff here in the last two hours. I want to touch on this very briefly as, we, as we're gearing up here for the, um, uh, the, the interview. Uh, we've got Palestinian and Israeli conflict going on. Yeah. Uh, apparently there's been 17, I guess, Palestinian 
Ukrainians killed at this point, which this isn't a new phenomenon. Unfortunately, wow. it happens far too often over in that part of the world. But and the interesting thing is this ties in a little bit with what uh, Jack's going to talk about with his new book. No, and you're not wrong. And it always happens around Easter. It always happens around these Christianity holidays, you know, with the, with the Good Friday, the Passover, Easter. It, you know, the world, the, they, they don't look the Palestinians. They don't like Christians. No, they're they're not, and they really don't like Jews. That's right. Uh, they once again, they don't think Israel has a right to exist. And any time around the certain type, of, especially this sort of holiday, well, what do they do? They they tend to, well, they start storming the the border. They all kinds of bad things. Anyway, the latest that I'd heard, it, it looks like it had calmed down a little bit. But they said at least at least fifteen Palestinians were killed by Israeli security forces confronting protesters on yep. Friday. Yep. Um, so there was, there had been, they had opened fire. There was rolled burning tires, hurled rocks, firebombs all, all across the border going in and they, they're attacking the Israelis and then the Israelis always respond. But how does the media cover this every oh, single time, Matt? Every single time it's Israel's fault. I mean, yeah. every single time. And I want you to listen to this. It says tens of thousands of Palestinians pressing for a right of return for refugees to what is now Israel gathered at five locations along the fenced 40-mile frontier where tents were erected for a planned six-week protest. Yeah, so they're, they're doing this. And we've seen this repeatedly for those. And I don't want to sit here and relitigate the entire Palestinian-Israeli conflict. No. But people need to understand the basic principle of this. One is the Israelites were there long before the Palestinians. Before. Nonetheless, yes. they're there. They had the seven-day war. Yep. Israel won. Yep. Israel gave the opportunity to have a side-by-side -side state next to Palestine. They said, listen, we can have two states side-by-side. -side. Yep. Palestine refused you know why they continue to this day to say that israel has no right yep. to exist that's right and they don't want them there chris there's the hint there's the the the, the hints for why there's such a big conflict and why this continues to happen and then you've got the the leftist media which is eternally anti-israeli so they go after yeah. them they once and you've got people from all over the world, especially the Middle Eastern countries, funding Palestinian suicide bombers and terrorists, and they launch well, rockets into Israel yeah. and all kinds of stuff. So it's and once again, I don't want to relitigate the entire thing, but it's good to have a little background yes. to understand that Israel isn't just going into Palestine and murdering people. No. That's not what's happening. Well, it's been inflamed too, Chris, because we now know that America is going to move their embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, May fourteenth. Mm, yep. So it's yep. inflamed over that. They're saying that demonstrators are burning and stamping on posters of Donald Trump. Yep. You know, it's it's one of those deals where they just need an excuse. It doesn't yep. matter what it is. They just need an excuse because they hate Jews. They hate Israel. And look, Israel, they have to be able to defend themselves. That's why they have a wall. That's why they have the Iron Dome system. That's why they do what they do. We're in that point in this country, too, aren't we, Chris? What would happen if Israel decided to give up their, their weapons? Yeah, or tear down their wall or not have a wall or not have mm -hmm. any defense. They'd be overran. They would not only be overran, they would be taken out and exterminated, much like what Adolf Hitler did to the Jews. Huh. So, and people, you don't think that would happen for a second? You're crazy. 
And guess what? We have people in our country, people that want to come to our country, that would do the same thing to us. That's why the whole Second Amendment debate is so ridiculous to me, even though it's important and we have to pay attention to it. But you've got these young children who don't understand the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. They don't understand what happened in World War II. They don't understand the killing fields of Cambodia. They just know that they're poor. And, and, And God bless them. Their friends were murdered by some jerk with a gun, okay? Simple as that. I understand their visceral response, yep. but you got to understand what you're dealing with. Well, Chris, we talked about, you know, the left using children here to kind of propagandize what they're doing. Well, it says in this article, families brought their children to the encampments just a few hundred yards from the Israeli security barrier with the Hamas Islamist run enclave and football fields were marked in the sand and scout bands played. Yeah. No, and then we're also, this is a, a country, when you're talking about Palestine or whatever it is, uh, you've got people that literally take their children, wrap them in bombs, and send them across the border to yeah. blow up and kill people and call them what great, wonderful martyrs they are. When you've got, uh, that tells you a lot about a country. When you have one country that's trying to do the best they can for their children and give them a life, the other ones are, are wrapping their kids in bombs and sending them to, to murder Jewish people from Israel. It's, it's Israelis. It's terrible. Well, I'm looking at pictures here because I'm looking at a Daily Mail article, and I mean, Chris, they're, they're, they're dropping tear gas from drones. And I'm looking at these pictures. There are are tens of thousands of people. This isn't some little, you know, uh, protest here. And a lot of these are kids. A lot of them are men. I don't see any, hardly any women. But they're burning posters of uh, of Donald Trump. There's videos. They're throwing rocks. There. I mean, this is at some point. What does Israel do? Well, what do you think what would happen, Matt? Because I know you're looking at these pictures. You're looking at thousands of people. What if Israel just pulled back away from that border, just pulled back, put their guns away, and all backed away? How long do you think it would be before those people would blast through those fences and go on, we'll just say, a, uh, would, would simply raise Israel is what would happen. They would raise the country. Oh, it, it would be would- over. It would be over. And that's the point why you want to know why 15 people got shot and killed, because they're storming the gates. They're storming the border. Yeah. They're going through, and they do not have good intentions at all. No. None. You're, you're, I mean, these pictures are just incredible. And, and it just goes to show you, if, if Israel could, if Israel didn't have the right to protect themselves, they'd be overrun today. Yeah. They would be overrun. And it wouldn't be 30,000, 40,000 people. It'd be three or 400,000 people. Yeah, and it, there's there's been a long-standing conflict with with Muslims and Jews. If you look at it, and very, I know we're here in America. We get a very sanitized version of this of this conflict here in America. Yeah. What people don't understand is how children are being in, talk about indoctrination. Yeah. What happens in Palestine? What happens in, in any of these Muslim-dominated countries? They don't like Jewish people, and they really hate Israel. And basically, the only good Jew to them is a dead Jew. Yeah. And that, I, I hate to say it because it sounds terrible when I say that, but go look at what they're teaching their children. No. It, it's a terrible situation. It's well, not. The other thing, too, is you've got uh, the rest of the world continually condemning Israel. Yeah. And the U.N., by the way, the very U.N. who has, what, 40, 50 sanctions on <laughs> Israel for human rights violations. But they don't look at China. They don't look at Russia, Iran, Iraq, Syria, but Israel. Well, and we can step back and say, you know, in Israel, have they done, well, they backed off. They, they, they pulled back their, their borders. They, they handed over Gaza to the Palestinians. Did that, did that do any better? Did that make things good? That was back in 05, I think. Yeah. No. Um, did it get better? No, it didn't. They just want more because they believe, and you talk to any Palestinian, they will tell you flat out, 
Israel doesn't have the right to exist. Yeah, How do you negotiate with someone who says you don't have the right to exist? Yeah, we want to kill you. you. You don't have a right to be there. You took it from us. You don't have the right, and here we are. And you know who this all comes back to in the end? It's all USA's fault. It's all America's fault. Well, we we're we're, we're the great Satan. <laughs> we're, we're, we're the great, I mean, look, I mean, this is what goes on here. And, and you sit here and you wonder why Donald Trump this week says, look, we're cutting our funding to the, to the UN. We're done. We're, yeah. not, we're, not, we're not standing for this anymore. We're not doing no, it. I, I, you know, looking at this, a, a, first of all, every other president, including Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, all of them said, hey, listen, we're going to declare Jerusalem as our American embassy. Yep. None of them did it. Barack Obama said it. George Bush said it. Bill Clinton said it. They're all going to do it. None of them did it. And then what happened? Donald Trump actually did. Oh, yep. he's a monster. Oh, terrible, isn't he? I mean, this is oh. exactly what the left wants you to understand. Hey, look. We're up against a break, but on the other side, Jack Carr, author of The Terminalist. I'm holding it up right now. We're go- Oh, I'm covering his name. We're, we're going to cover the book. We're going to talk about it. It's his first novel. Fantastic. If you haven't read it, get out and get there. I think Barnes & Noble has it, a bunch of other places, Amazon. But uh, Chris X, Matlock, The Conservative Cartel, don't go anywhere. Jack Carr coming right up right after this. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe on the Blaze Radio Network. Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel this Saturday morning as we are live from the Nine Line Apparel Studios here on the Blaze Radio Network. We're waiting on Jack Carr author of the terminalist i'm gonna tell you what we're gonna talk about this book if he's here or not that's all i'm gonna say i've had confirmation from his publicist that he was gonna call in so we'll see what the heck's going on who knows i think i gave him the right number but i'm holding up the book here the terminal list <laughs> with jack carr let me give you a little bit of insight here as we're waiting for him to get on the phone uh, a navy seal has nothing to live for and everything to kill for after he discovers that the american government is behind the deaths of his team and this rip from the headlines political thriller on his last combat deployment lieutenant commander james reese's entire team was killed in a catastrophic ambush that also claimed the lives of the air crew sent in to rescue them but when those dearest to him are murdered on the day of his homecoming reese discovers that this was not an act of war by a foreign enemy but a conspiracy that runs to the highest levels of government okay, now with now. no family and free from the military's command structure Resupplies the lessons he has learned in an over decades of constant warfare toward avenging the deaths of his family and teammates. And with breathless pacing, relentless suspense, Reese ruthlessly targets his enemies in the upper echelons of the power without regards to the laws of combat or anything else. And I'm being told that Mr. Carr is on the on the Black Rifle Coffee hotline. Jack, thank you for joining us on the Conservative Cartel. How are you, sir? Thank you guys for having me. It's an honor to be here. I'll tell you what, I have to tell you, I, I love the book. And I have oh, to say one thing, and I can't give it away for everybody out there that needs to go to Barnes & Noble or anywhere you can buy The Terminal List by Jack Carr. Probably the greatest ending of a book I've ever read. Oh, thank you. 
Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate that. It actually ended up being much more personal uh, than I thought it was going to be when I started writing. I thought I was just going to be, you know, I want to write a great story and all that. But uh, it ended up being a very personal experience, particularly the ending for some reason. But uh, just all of it, tapping into the, the emotions that I felt at some point over the last 20 years as a SEAL and just applying those to a, a fictional narrative. You know, Jack, it's good to have you on the program. Uh, the book, uh, The Terminal List, is it? where can people get a copy of it? Can they get it on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, all of that? They can, all those places. It's hardback there. It is um, ebook and then also audiobook, which uh, I understand is the fastest-growing segment of publishing. So um, we've got a great guy named Ray Porter to do the, uh, to do the narration, so it's, uh, it's available everywhere. With, with uh, And I know you have a military background. Thank you for your service. But also, I'm assuming that had a lot to do with what uh, what got you started on writing this book. It is. It is. And the two things I wanted to do since I was a little kid, one, serve my country in uniform as a Navy SEAL, and two was to uh, write fiction at some point in the future. And as I was getting out during my, my final year in the military, I was like, all right, this is time to give that next passion a shot. And I uh, didn't want to end up being 90 years old looking back and thinking, hey, what would happen if I had uh, tried to give that writing thing a shot? So uh, as a kid, I naturally gravitated towards books like this, uh, political military thrillers, because they always have that military tie-in, and that's what I wanted to do one day. So I grew up with, with these kind of things and, and uh, like to watch movies about the same with topics. So it was very natural for me to, uh, to jump right into the political military thriller. Well, we've got Jack Carr, author of The Terminalist. It's his first novel, by the way. And uh, it is out there with Emily Bessler Books, so you can go to emilybessler.com. But, Jack, I read the book. It's fantastic, by the way. I don't want to give too much away, but what was the motivation? I mean, is this a real-life deal? Did you just – I know that you, in the end, I, I think it's really cool. I'm really – we're good friends here at the program of Brad Thor, who is a fantastic oh, awesome. writer, by the way. And your first acknowledgement was to Brad Thor. So yep. did he kind of help you over this hump? Where did this – motivation come from yeah well, i certainly would not be a published author right now if it was not for brad thor and uh about four months into writing a friend of mine uh said hey do you want to talk to brad he might have some advice for you or something and i said i'd love to talk to him and uh so they he put us in contact and ended up talking to, to brad he could not have been more generous with his time uh or his advice he was he was amazing um and he said hey your friend told me some things you did in the seal teams and as a thank you, if you write a book, and he probably thought I never would, because I can only imagine how many times people tell him that uh, they're going to write a book. Uh, he said, if you write one, I'll send it to New York for you. I can't guarantee they'll open the package, can't guarantee they'll read one word, definitely can't guarantee they'll like it, but I can send it there for you. And I won't help you along the way. I won't give you one piece of advice. I will not give you uh, read anything. I will not uh, do any editing. But if you write it, I'll send it there for you. So uh, true, enough, true to his word, he, uh, a year later, I called him back and, and uh, said, it's done. And uh, he sent it to New York for me, and luckily they loved it. And they pay, you're under the same publishing house, of course, of uh, Brad Thor, yeah. of uh, Matt Betley that we've had on the program before, now Jack Carr. Um, Jack, the story. Where did, where did you get the story? I mean, the story is about Lieutenant Commander James Reese. Uh, he's overseas. Yep. The government sets him up tries to kill off his unit because they've got this super secret PTSD drug test that they're they're testing on this platoon. I think it's a platoon, if that's correct, or, or unit or whatever yeah, it's cool. called. And he finds out about it and goes on a rampage and makes a terminal list. Yep. No, that's exactly it. Uh, I always love stories about revenge. So I knew coming out of the gate I wanted to do something that was very strong, very visceral, very primal. Um, and so a revenge theme seemed to be the one that, uh, that, uh, naturally gravitated to. So, uh, so that was the theme. And then 
I do. I wanted to have not just somebody that has quote unquote, nothing left to lose. Cause I think we've, we've seen that a lot before and I wanted to figure out a way, how do you take that old Japanese, uh, Bushido code of honor of going into battle thinking you're already dead, uh, because that makes you a more effective and efficient warrior. And how do you take that old ancient code of honor, that old, that old ancient theme and apply that to a modern day warrior? So that's where the, uh, the PTSD drug, uh, part came in where, uh, he thinks he's actually dying to make him more effective as he goes up his list, putting these bad guys in the ground. And also, essentially abandoning everything that he's believed in for his whole life, but particularly his last 16 plus years at war. So he essentially becomes the insurgent on U.S. soil, becomes the insurgent he's been fighting for the last 16 years, becomes the terrorist he's been fighting on U.S. soil as he goes and puts these guys in the ground. Uh, we're talking with Jack Carr. It's Jack, C-A-R-R. Officialjackcar.com is the website if you want more information about the terminal list. I encourage you to check it out. It's interesting. You touch on the subject, and I know this. we've seen this repeatedly with the, 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 the military uh, a person, whether a Marine or Army or whatever, goes off. We've seen it in many, many movies, of course, many books. They go off and in many ways feel that they've been left behind by their country, their government, that has absolutely sent them there to do this. Was that one of the motivations as well for you writing this book? Yeah, you know, I think that that's uh, from the beginning of time when you have such a disconnect between the guys on the ground that are actually doing the tactical job and then the people that are making the strategic decisions that affect those guys on the ground that are so disconnected from what it's actually like that the people on the ground um, feel that these directives and regulations and um, are, are, are so disconnected and actually hamper what they're trying to do and make things more dangerous for them on the ground tactically. So I think that's just a common theme probably throughout history and certainly has been in, uh, in my experience. So uh, that, that found its way into the pages here, no doubt about it. Well, Jack Matt here, and uh, we got Jack Carr, author of The Terminalist, on the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline. Um, I don't want to give it away because, I'm, I, like I said in your introduction, probably the best ending of a book I've ever read. And I've read a ton of books. I'm a big Vince Flynn fan, Brad Thor. I've read Betley. I've read a lot of these guys, and you are right up there with them. What's next for author Jack Carr? I mean, this is your first book. Working on a second? Working on a second, and it's at the stage where it's quote-unquote done, but now needs me to go back and start looking at it with, a, uh, with the eye of someone who has not been intimately involved with this creation. And then I'll get that to, uh, to Emily Bessler and, uh, at Emily Bessler Books and Simon & Schuster this summer, and we'll start the, uh, the editing process there. But, uh, yeah, next book's coming out. should launch uh, March 2019, and wow. uh, should have some movie news for you soon, too. We're getting well, uh, extremely Jack, close on that. So Can, can we get some insider information here? Do we know a title or what to expect out of this next book, or can you not give that away? You know, I'm not allowed to give the title away yet because it's, uh, okay. it's a good one, so they want to want to uh, launch that somehow, I guess. And then uh, okay. got to be kind of quiet on the movie news too. All I can all I can do is tease it. So it's uh, it's super exciting, Man. and I've enjoyed every single stage. Now of I'm excited. I feel well, you mentioned that was going to ask. That was the other thing. Too. I was like, this sounds like it should be a movie. And I didn't really know if you were going there, and then here you are. You're not going to say anything about the movie news that it might be a terminal list, or it could be something completely different. Oh, it's the it's the terminal list, and we'll uh, I'll hope in the next couple of weeks I'll probably be able to uh, we'll announce something. But uh, it's uh, yeah, very exciting, and you guys will definitely like the uh, the person who's playing uh, James Reese. So uh, oh. very excited. Man, I would go see that movie tomorrow in a heartbeat. I mean, it's it's all along the same lines. That's why I started reading Vince Flynn was because of the the assassin. That just came out so to the theater, yeah. and it did very well. We're hearing Brad Thor is working on some uh, lines of Lucerne. 
his first book coming into there. And now you, I mean, this is fantastic, Jack, because we need more of this. We need more American Americana. We need more of, you know, look, this is, we love our country. We, we, we love what it stands for. And, and here's what we want to do. So look, we're, we're running a little short on time here, Jack. We got about a minute. Tell everybody where they can find the book, find you and how do they hook up? Great. So officialjackcar.com is the website. If you're into guns and gear and that sort of thing, there's a, there's a lot more on there that uh, relates to the book and, uh, and my experience in general. And then I'm new to social media, but I'm out there on Twitter and on uh, Instagram as Jack Carr USA. And uh, books available anywhere you uh, buy books and in any format that you like to uh, experience them. Well, I can tell you a little story about Jack Carr's book here. So the publisher sent me the pre-edition of the book, right? And I was on an airplane going to CPAC this year reading Jack's book, and I left it in the men's room of the Baltimore (laughs) airport. So I was a little irritated, so I had to go buy it to read the rest of the book about two weeks ago. So I bought your book, Jack. I loved it. I've got it right here. I'm showing it off for our social media. So get over to at Jack Carr USA on all of his social media. It was a fantastic book. Jack, thank you for taking the time to be on the cartel. No, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Don't be a stranger, Chris. Jack Carr, I'll tell you what. If you haven't read the book, read the book. Yep. If you like, and I think it's fantastic. These authors remind me a lot of, of the conservative movement, what we do, Chris. It's not a competition. It's a brotherhood. I mean, we've talked yeah. to the likes of, of a Scott Husing or a Jack Carr or a Matt Betley or, or, a, or a Brad Thor. They're all in this together, and they're, they're just coming out. Or Vince Flynn, who is now unfortunately dead. I mean, he passed away from cancer. But these, these guys are fantastic writers. They're, they're patriots. They serve their country, and then they go on and they write these fantastic books because they have all that information. Yeah, it, it's good. And for those who want to, once again, follow officialjackcar.com, go check that out. You can get them in whatever format you want. If you want to get a copy of this book, The Terminal List, I encourage you to check it out. Uh, I, I'm, I'm already waiting for the movie. Already waiting for the movie. Let's take a short break. You're listening to The Conservative Cartel. I'm Chris X, along with Matt Lockman. We want to thank Jack Carr for joining us. Let's open up the Black Rifle Coffee Hotline, 888-900-3393. The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris X on the Blaze Radio Network. The Conservative Cartel. Now, here's Matt Locke and Chris Axe. Welcome back to the Conservative Cartel. I am Chris Axe, along with Matt Locke. Glad to have you guys on board with us here in the Nine Line Apparel Studios. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is open, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. Hey, that was a fun interview with uh, Jack Carr. Yeah. His book, his book looks pretty good, Matt. It's fantastic, and I was just reading on the Facebook page. It's got three people bought it already. Thank you very much. Man, yeah, looking at you guys watching on the Conservative Cartel Facebook page or the Liberty Eagle Facebook page, multiple people running out buying that book, Yes. which great job, guys. We appreciate you doing yes. that. But you're going to enjoy the book. It's obviously pretty good. It's fantastic. And now it's going to be a movie. I'm ready for that movie. I mean, I was a big fan of The Assassin. And I started reading Vince Flynn. 
I just started reading him because I'm waiting for the new Brad Thor novel to come out, which is July 3rd, by the way. And we will have Brad on the program before this happens. No, Again, see, love go. Brad Thor. Great writer, great friend of the cartel. But these guys are fantastic. They, they've served their country. I mean, he's a former SEAL. He talks from experience, Chris. But the book, yeah. fantastic. Well, and once again, we love to support our military. Once again, Nine Line Apparel, uh, Black Rifle Coffee, and then, of course, Jack Carr and the, the many people who've served us. These people have went and put their lives on the line for us. So when they come back, we first of all, we like to, to partake in anything they're doing to make sure that we help uh, promote them and what they're working on via books, movies, or whatever it is, and especially if it's good. This is not only good, but it's by someone that is obviously a good guy. We're, we're glad to have Jack on the program. And uh, for those who want to go check out that book, you can get it just about everywhere, he said. Oh, everywhere. I got mine at Barnes & Noble here in uh, Fort Worth. I went up to the Hewlin Mall and picked it up a couple of weeks ago because I left my other one in the men's room in Baltimore Airport. You know, I got. I have to say, there was a lot of men's room stories that were told about CPAC this year, which was very strange. It is very strange. It's, you know, I guess it's where it's where everybody hangs out. Wow. Well, All the I, men. Yeah, in the men's room, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm, I will say this, I'm glad not one of those stories involved a wide stance. That's, I'm glad that there was occur. no There was no wide stance or any no. uh, toilet stalls. I did actually have a, com- I, I, a, a funny story, and I don't think I've ever told this, but I actually had a conversation with Dan Bongino at a urinal at CPAC. <laughs> and Nigel funny. Farage. I mean, you know, you can't make this stuff up. You and Nigel Farage had I, I a conversation mean, in the men's room. I'm talking to all these fellers in the men's room, but, you know, you got to go to the bathroom sometime, right? It's, and, boy, you timed it just right, hanging with Nigel and, of course, right. Dan Bongino. I know it. Which, by the way, Dan Bongino, man, he was like a chick magnet. All the chicks oh, wanted to beat Dan. You, you want to hear, uh, that's a funny story. So I ran into Dan Bongino the next day after the bathroom incident, I'm calling it. <laughs> and, and I said, hey, Dan. He's like, hey, the bathroom. Because he remembered me. I'm like, son of a gun. He's going to remember me as the cartel bathroom guy the rest of my mm-hmm. life. There's that. So I walk up, and we start having this conversation. I mean, literally, it's a 90-second a conversation. It's just me and him, right? Yeah. By the time that conversation had ended, at about the 60 to 90 seconds, he had a gaggle of women around him. I mean, the women love some Dan Bongino. They do, and I know you know he's happily married and got kids and and all that stuff. Or at least last I heard, he was. But though, once again at this event, there was a bunch of young people, oh, and yeah. the women loved. I didn't know Dan Bongino was such a sex symbol. I right. thought Sean Hannity and those kind of guys. We hear about women loving Sean Hannity on man. Apparently, they like them some Dan Bongino. Well, that's what he and I have in common. Yeah, well, of course. We, he's no sexual chocolate. <laughs> Same thing occurs with sexual chocolate. We had a sexual chocolate needed his own security there. I'll that's right. We, you know, look, it's it's when you're famous, that's what you get. That's what happens. You get accosted by Matt Locke in the restroom. <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> it was so funny because I remember sitting there at the table, we're, getting, we're doing the show or whatever, getting ready or after, and every time Matt came back from the restroom, I was just hanging out with Nigel Farage in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, what? I just hanging with Dan Bongino. I don't even know who else you ran into. I don't, I don't know if we should – did you run into anyone else? Well, I, yeah, but not in the restroom. I mean, those were the okay. two big ones in the, mess, the the restroom. I did shake uh, Mark Levin's hand. That oh, was that's nice. right, you did. He, he you liked did. our logo. He walked right by our thing and said, yeah, it's a great logo. Oh, like, I loved it when you shook Thanks. his hand. He pointed – I was sitting at the table, yeah. and he pointed over at me. He was like, keep up that great work, you big jerk. Well, he didn't say the big jerk part, but he did. He said he's, he liked what we were doing, and he did love our, our logo. He did. Yeah. So it, that was, it was a lot of fun being CPAC, CPAC seemed like so long ago, but I'll tell you, it was a fantastic time. We met a lot of great people out there. 
in in the thing too and thank you steven just bought the book too can't wait so there you go i mean look i love it and it's a great book you're gonna love the ending i'm just gonna give it to you right now by far the best ending of any book i've ever read and don't give it away i can't i can't but you're gonna want to read i mean the ending is fantastic and that's why i asked if there were other things coming for Jack Carr. Well, that's, and that, you know what? That is a hell of an endorsement. That's really the best ending of a book you've ever read? Ever read. I'm telling wow. you, I've probably, I'm an avid reader, and I've read all of Brad Thor's books, who is a fantastic author. Matt Betley, I'm into like the fourth or fifth book of Vince Flynn. I, I, I'm, I've read a lot of stuff. That by far is the best ending of a book I've ever read. Man, that's okay. That's a heck, heck of. You better go check it out. I'm not talking about a tease. Now people want to go get it just to read the ending. Hey, start from the beginning. Don't just jump to the end, okay, people? Yeah, yeah. You got to start with the beginning. It's an easy read, too. It took me literally from. I'm a fast reader. I read the first half of the book on the flight out to CPAC. So that was about a two and a half hour flight. And then I read the other half of the book once I went and bought it in about, I don't know, another two or three days. So it took me maybe two or three days to read it total. And you are an avid reader. I'm an I, I, avid reader of like Facebook statuses and Twitter posts. So I read I a lot it. of that. And no, I read a ton as well. Hey, by the way, you, okay, so you teased the ending of the book. Something else you teased on, I want to get to before yes. we run out of time today. You were talking about the IG report showing that uh, former FBI official McCabe was caught lying four separate times, according to a congressman. Yeah, I mean, the Inspector General report that led to the firing of Andrew McCabe faults him for lying four separate times. Now, Jim Jordan says it wasn't once, twice, it wasn't even three times on the Ingram angle. Four times he lied about leaking information to the Wall Street Journal about the FBI. What do we know about leaks, Chris? <laughs> there are a lot of them in Washington. And they're illegal. <laughs> Uh, and there's that whole illegal part of it. Well, I want you to listen to this. Here's what Jim Jordan says, which if this is true, it, it, he should be in jail. He lied to James Comey. He lied to the Office of Professional Responsibility. And he lied under oath twice to the Inspector General. This And the, the incredible thing is watching those on the left, once again, raising $400,000 for him as a Friday on a GoFundMe page. But the other thing is watching them rally around because in the way in which he was fired, and they all blamed Trump, and then Sessions, it turned out, no, his, fired was, his firing was recommended by the FBI. Yeah, the Office of Personnel Responsibility actually did it. And Sessions said the DOJ's inspector general had determined McCabe was not truthful during his review of the Clinton email investigation. Once again, what were we talking about? That, um, you know, those people that are involved in investigating Trump? Yeah. This is the number two guy over there. and But somehow Trump is the one tarnishing the FBI. It, it, it's incredible. And by the way, Andrew McCabe's wife took $700,000 from the Clinton Global Initiative through Terry McAuliffe, who is the current governor of Virginia. Wave. What was just because she was running for office, right? Well, she was running for office, but I've read tons of stories, and I'm kind of inclined to believe this. All that was was a front to pay off McCabe in this investigation of Russian collusion. Well, once again, you talk about, um, well, looking at who's colluding with who and what, when, where, why, and how. Now you've got this guy that lied four times. You've got him lying under oath. You've got him leaking information. All of these things that are illegal. You've got the, the nefarious activities, if you will, of collusion with the Clintons, which we know how that pans out usually, yeah. and, and all of this. And once again, these are the people that were put in charge to what? Investigate Donald Trump on collusion? Yep. It's, it's almost astonishing. If it wasn't true. 
Well, the, the really astonishing thing, McCabe's worth twelve million dollars. Yeah, he's the second command. I want to work for the FBI. Don't they must pay well. It pays very well. Man, can we get jobs over there? Because I'll investigate the hell out of Donald Trump. Hell yeah, I'll find stuff that ain't there too. I'll go. I'll investigate. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm getting towards the truth, but I mean, I will investigate and investigate and investigate. Man, that we could be making that sexual chocolate kind of money. The investigating must not pay that great. I mean, only twelve million because they they actually started the somebody on the left started a GoFundMe page for him, which has already raised $400,000 for his lawyer expenses. Well, and I saw some comments earlier. The left is rallying around McCabe because what not only, first of all, look at his uh, his connections, yep. but second of all, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he the one who muttered the statement, if you take me down, I'm bringing all of you down with me? He did, and he looks like he would squeal like a little piggy. Just saying, but yeah. the really the, the hey, thing he's not is, a seventeen year old kid. Come on. Well, that is true. His name's not David Hogg. I mean, no, it's you not, know, it's but look, he he knows some stuff, and and it wouldn't surprise me that uh, some higher ups on the left are trying to keep him quiet. Who's he talking about bringing down with them? I mean, that no wonder the left is rallying and raising as much money as they possibly can for this guy. They don't want to be brought down, right? No, they don't, and they know he has that information. But look, we've got one more segment. We talked about this on the cartel about two, three weeks ago. we got students walking out for life. You're going to want to stick around and catch that. The conservative cartel rolls on this Saturday morning. The conservative cartel with Matt Block and Chris Axe. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Conservative Cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, Welcome back to The Conservative Cartel. We've reached the final segment of the program. And by the way, for those of you asking on social media, The Conservative Cartel Facebook page, Liberty Eagle, it was Jack Carr, and it was the terminal list, and you can find that everywhere books are sold. Welcome back to The Conservative Cartel. We're live here from the Nine Line Apparel Studios on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the last segment. This is all you got. The Black Rifle Coffee Hotline is still open. 888-900-3393 alongside of Chris X. I am Matt Locke. And I want to get to this last story. Hey, before we do, Matt, I'm. Uh, it's almost breakfast time, dude. I'm oh, ready to go get You've got to stop, dude. Every pancakes. time we do this show, you're he like, bacon, on the break. eggs, break, <laughs> shut it. My, my tummy's grumbling. It's okay. We've only got one segment, and then we can go eat. Oh, I know. He gets on the radio and starts talking about bacon. I know. Bacon. I love bacon, by the way. I'm a big (laughs) fan of bacon. But If you don't like bacon, you're just not American. Simple as that. I I think you're right about that. I mean, bacon is a fantastic food group. So, Ron, what are you going to have for breakfast after the show? Bacon. Bacon. (laughs) So, Chris, Chris, all right, we got to go because you're making me hungry. My tummy's growling, and i got to concentrate for this last 10 minutes. Let's do this. And it's an important story. Yes. And by the way, we hit on this story about three weeks ago. When all of this stuff was going down with the walkout for the Parkland, Florida shooting and everything for this anti-gun, we had this young man out of Sacramento, California, who planned for a national student walkout on April 11th, and he's saying that he is inspired by his pro-life values and his strong conviction that all students have First Amendment rights to stand up for their principles. Now, this young man's name is Brandon Gillespie. 
and he has officially announced the pro-life walkout. It's going to take place on Wednesday, April 11th at 10 a.m. The walkout will last for 17 minutes. We encourage students across the country to participate in a stand for hashtag life. Now, here's the kicker of all this, Chris, because we talked about this when it came out. Yeah. The left is so gung-ho on the anti-gun walkout. We're going to take kids out of class. We're going to make it a big deal. We're going to be, you know, I don't care if they have a moment of silence for 17 minutes. That's fine. I'm, I'm all for that. But they took kids out of the classroom. They made a big deal of it. You know, you had the David Hoggs and the little lesbian girl with the Cuba flag on her arm and all that stuff. You had them all out there. You know, what are they going to do with this walkout for life? Well, it's interesting to see if uh, if these school administrations and these teachers are going to be as open to the children walking out for 17 minutes like they were with the the, the anti-gun walkouts. Right. You know, it was supposed to be moments of silence or whatever in remembrance, and it wasn't. It was a big anti-gun walkout. Well, this is a pro-life walkout. Yep. If they truly care about the lives of children, well, we know that uh, you know children are being aborted in abortion clinics across the country, especially Planned Parenthood, and they should be equally as jazzed about this walkout. Well, here's what's actually going on, Chris. Gillespie said his history teacher, Julianne Benzel, was the main inspiration for his idea to launch this pro-life walkout. Now, Benzel was placed on paid leave last week for questioning whether students against abortion would be permitted to walk out of a class in the same way thousands of students walked out of class during the instruction time on March 14th to promote gun control. I'm so confused by this. One is, first of all, let me give you my opinion on how I feel about walkouts. I don't agree with any of them. These kids are supposed to be in school, and they should be learning, and they should not be making political statements or walking out of class. For one, it could potentially endanger the kids. And two is it shows that the kids are, they're not in charge of the schools. The faculty should be in charge of the school. Okay, so there's that. They allowed the big walkout across the country for the gun stuff. Okay, if you've allowed that, well, you've opened the door for something on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm really interested to see how teachers, these the administrators, faculty, and, of course, mainly those on the left, how are they going to respond to this? Are they going to be blatantly hypocritical, or are they going to pretend like, yeah, yeah, we're for this as well? Well, it's funny you should say that because they asked Mr. Gillespie, you know, when they wrote this article, they said, look, what is the object of this? And he says, so, yes, I'm very pro-life. I'm against abortion. So that's the biggest reason. But he said, I also really want to test and see if there is a double standard at schools because the previous walkout was school sanctioned and it was for gun control. So I wanted to test the schools and see if they would allow a more conservative topic. So that's why I'm doing this as well. And once again, it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of um, pushback he gets, if any at all. And I'm pretty sure it's not going to have the same quite turnout. Because, for wow. one, is this being covered on our networks nonstop, 24 hours a day, seven no. days a week leading up to it? You know what's not being covered, Chris, as we sit here and we talk about articles like this? The police officer stopped the Maryland shooting. Yeah, that was sort of left out, too, wasn't now, it? We haven't heard a thing since then. But here's the thing, dude. I don't think there's going to be a walkout. I don't think the left allows it to happen. I think the left's going to be absolutely against it. They're going to, you know, because, look, abortion's the law, they're going to say. It's a clump of cells, and it's women's health care, and you ought to stay out of it, young man. That's good. And they're going to, look, they're going to demonize this young man while telling you to listen to David Hogg, who is the, just a grade ahead. I mean, this kid's 17, Hogg's 18. It's okay to listen to Hogg because it's their narrative, 
but don't listen to this young man because he's just a child. By the way, I thought Hogg was still 17 as well. I don't know. Well, he uh, could be 17. I so mean, you know, no, no, I'm nonetheless, your point's valid. Five. I mean, that's going to be the argument that the left is going to portray of this situation. They're, they want you to listen to David Hogg, but they don't want you to listen to kids who don't share their narratives. Now, I want to I add one more thing to the story here. Mr. Gillespie, this young man, he plans to enter the military after he completes high school. God bless you. Yeah, he, he's he, he's what's right with America. Exactly. It's exactly what we're talking about here is we watch the media try to tell you that it's for the children, that Dave, poor David Hogg, I mean, he went through this school shooting, which, you know, he may or may not have. We don't know. We're not Alex Jones here, but we there's two different accounts on what he did and didn't do. I mean, there's an account that he was there. There's an account that he wasn't there. And both those accounts are told by him, David Hogg. We don't have one gay frog here on the program. Okay, no. Not one. Um, no, it's interesting. You know, And to touch back on what you just said, you were talking about the way uh, the left is going to portray this. Are they going to attack this kid or are they going to be a little more slick? Uh, one thing is we've seen what the left's going to do. They're not going to cover this on the news like they did the other walkout. Oh, Therefore, no. silencing, maybe shadow banning it a little because in that way they don't even have to address it. They just don't, don't talk about it. We just won't say anything. No one will know about it. Then it won't have the success. That's my assumption on what more. There well, will be some people that will come out and attack this kid, I'm pretty sure. Of course they will. And then we'll call the hypocrisy of it because you can't attack David Hogg. Just ask Laura Ingram. But here's the thing, Chris. I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised, just as we saw the ratings with Roseanne, of what you're going to see in the number of people who do this because this country is pro-life. Well, it's if enough not, people hear about it, that's, that's, right. my, that's, that's my right. concern is how many people are going to find out because we only have so many listeners on this program. But we see you know, when ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, and all of these networks follow, you know, go with nonstop coverage of the David Hogg and the, yep. the, the other walkout, how many of them are actually going to cover this? So, therefore, I wonder how successful it will be because I guarantee you they're going to try to hide it. Oh, they will, but you've got social media. And once again, shadow banning, you hit on it. But you've got social media. You've got people passing on the word. You've got people like us. This is going to be picked up nationally. It is. I mean, look, Chris, we covered this three weeks ago. Yeah. And this is only the first time since then that we've seen this in the national media. So it, it, you're right. I mean, we try to get those stories out there. I think the national media will try to get this story out there on the right. And, and we hope that it's a success because, look, we are pro-life here on the cartel. We are pro-life. You know, and that's what we stand for, and hopefully we will see a reasonable response to this situation. Actually, you know, I did want to clarify something, Matt. You may be pro-life, but on this program, I've determined that not only do I support abortion, but I support making it retroactive <laughs> to about the age of 24, 25. So that way when there's kids that go on that maybe we disagree with, we just go ahead and have them aborted. Why not? Well, it, it's perfectly legal. They're not. They're not a human being or anything, well, right? They're just a clump they of just, cells. They were just a clump of we're cells. We're all a bunch of clump of cells. We're not human beings. What? Do we, what the heck do we know? Once again, if abortion is legal, why can't we make it retroactive to about the age of twenty-four, twenty-five? And if you, if we did that, you think uh, these these people would be so much for it? Yeah, they wouldn't be. It's no different than if a mother pulled out a gun and shot her newborn baby. I mean, it's. A, uh, but look, that's neither here nor there. That's a late term abortion. It, it, it's a late term abortion. Look, we're about done with the program. I want to look. Thank you guys for heading over and buying Jack Carr's book, yeah, The Terminal awesome. List. Great author, great interview. Love the fact you can find him. Make sure you go out and give him some love. Find him. We've got great Americans in this country doing great stuff, and it's a fantastic book. So get there, uh, Jack at Jack Carr USA. 
I just yeah. tweeted him and thanked him for his interview. But uh, happy you know, Easter, everybody! Yes, happy Easter. That's what I was going to say. By the way, happy Easter. Hope you enjoy your Easter weekend. Happy man, Easter, man, Chris. Three hours done, done. I mean, just like that. Make Snap it, the fingers. Time. But guess what? You go to the conservativecartel.com, sign up as a VIP. You can find out where we're on all week long. And we'll be back next Saturday with a new giveaway. You're going to want to listen to the program. On Friday, we're going to announce the winner of that basket of the right on, the nine line, and the black rifle. But for right now, the conservative cartel's out. This is the conservative cartel with Matt Locke and Chris Axe. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.